Hey, 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 this is the rest. The rest of my thoughts, the rest of our church, and hopefully with a little bit of uh, sugar and spice, some rest for your souls. Disclaimer, this is not a sermon. These are my thoughts and interests, and these are your thoughts and interests. The rest is a time for open and safe opinions and dialogue. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode. We are in week four of a series about leadership, along with the rest of everything else that I always talk about. So today I have a great lineup of an opening rant. I've got... uh, a, uh, a footnote section that I'm excited to talk about. And here with me the whole time, our special guest on leadership, the one and the only Pastor Greg Ford. Joel, thanks for having me, dude. From right down the street, the Hamilton Road uh, combo coming together right here. Yes, sir. Churches on Hamilton Road with church names that are numbers. That's it. <laughs> That's Ham- like Hamilton Road doesn't stand a chance. I know, man. <laughs> I mean, wait till they get this construction done it's uh it's getting beat up but so greg is here and uh i can't wait for you to hear from him on leadership and uh and everything else and he's going to be with me throughout it all how you feeling today man i feel great man it's like it's a beautiful day the weather's breaking you know it's like it was long winter right and it's like sunny out there like 70 or something it's crazy who was in charge of weather today i don't know man do you on uh do you normally work on thursday uh, yeah. Yep. Is that what work day? Yep. We theme our days of the week and it's think a lot Thursday. Think we, a lot Thursday. Yep, yep. What do you, Ooh, I want to hear the themes. Meeting Monday. Meeting Monday. Yep, so we set, set the tone for the week with, so it's meetings all day. Uh huh. Tackle Tuesday. Okay. Oh my is, gosh. Yeah. It's get after it. You okay. Know, so a lot of people work off site, but it's basically you set your week grind. Monday, grind it out, uh, wrap it up Wednesday. So everything for Sunday has to be done by Wednesday. Think yep. a lot Thursday, which is built into think ahead. All right. Like, yeah plan ahead, dream ahead. That's uh, good. Free Friday. Yeah. Semi slow Saturday. So we, we have Saturday Sunday, night Saturday church, night service. But, yeah. yeah. And then slam it Sunday. Slam it. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> uh, if you guys don't know, Greg, I think became, at least you became somewhat of a YouTube sens- sensation for slamming people <laughs> in a baptismal. We're going to have to hear about that. Yeah. Because that, that. If, if someone doesn't know the context, that could sound very sacrilegious. Yes. But it, it was anything but that. There are a few naysayers. I, I, there's a few naysayers. Yeah, but yeah. that's whenever you do something right that matters, you know, people are going to have something to say about it. So um, anyway, I can't wait to hear from more from Greg. And Greg's going to be with me as we kind of go through all this. So I'm going to kick this off with my opening rant. All right, so this is the opening rant. Uh, This is where I just kind of do that exactly. I just rant uh, about whatever's going on. Today is St. Patrick's Day. It is March 17th, so you guys aren't going to be hearing this for six days, but uh, we are here on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, I don't know, Greg, um, do you care about St. Patrick's Day? Uh, dude, to be honest, I forgot it was St. Patrick's Day until you texted right. me. And then I went and got my green hat. So, right, like uh, when I wake up on St. Patrick's Day, like I try to do it in a, like an Irish accent. Can you do an Irish accent? <laughs> Give me a sentence. Okay, okay. How about like top of the morning to you? Top of the morning to you. There you go. Top of the morning. Right. I mean, you just, how are you keeping? <laughs> do you, do you now see, so Ford, that's got to be English. I, I, you know, so 
I'm not totally sure. I did take the uh, Ancestry.com. You did? Yes. Okay. And I so I have some roots what in, are the in roots? that zone. Really? Yeah. So like somewhere around there. Um, well, that would make sense. Actually, I, you're, while you're ranting, I'll pull up because actually I have it. So there's some Irish in there? Yes. So let me... Uh, so I'm my last name's Kov, Kovacs, which is right. Hungarian. Mm-hmm. But my wife, uh, O'Brien... That's about as Irish as it gets. I'm forty percent Great Britain, twenty nine percent Western European, fourteen percent Eastern European, but I'm six percent Irish, Scottish, Wales. There you go, six percent, man. Irish, Scottish, Irish, Wales. Scottish, Wales. I, I, I mean, I doing accents. You have to do them. I have literally never tried until just then. You never so, tried to do an accent, I, I, not an Irish one. Do you have any other accents? Uh, Southern. Let's hear that. Um, okay. <laughs> Let me think about it. Just do it, do it themed uh, around, uh, St. Patrick's day. <laughs> that's, a, that's challenging. How y'all, how y'all doing down here? We're, we, it's a uh, St. Patty's day. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be having a good time. I mean, St. Patty's day, you can't have a bad day on St. Patrick's day. Yeah. Every, every St. Patrick's day is a good day. Sun's out, guns out. That's right. You know, so you, let's do it. St. Patty. Yes. Why not? <laughs> that's good, man. Um, so St. Patrick's Day has this weird place in uh, my mind because I, I don't really care about St. Patrick's Day. I don't even think I know who St. Patrick was, which is offensive. I'm really sorry. I'm sure I'd studied I studied it you. at one point, but I don't remember what St. Patrick did. I don't either. I did hear someone say that they call it St. Patty, Patty's Day, and that's like offensive because Patty's like a girl's name, and I don't know. I I don't, it's, know. I don't know anything about it. You know anything about it? I, I, I really not, don't. We're not going to Google it. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, St. Patrick's Day is when Chicago dies the river that's in Chicago that, all green. I thought it was Boston. Oh, the, and Boston. Is Boston? Oh, well, yeah, of course they do that too. That, that's about all I know. And there's that, a lot of parades. A lot of parades and leprechauns. Yeah. That's, and shamrocks. Yeah. So, Okay. But for me, uh, and this is a great place to launch in with you just about some of the church stuff, we, and I've told the story, we got the, uh, the keys, we signed the certificate of occupancy for this building that we're sitting in on St. Patrick's Day, wow, 2020. And, and you guys, from, from the inception of the idea to the rece- reception of the keys, yeah, what was that time period? So we started with the like generosity initiative in 2000 the, the official like bringing it to the church was 2015 but we had we had done a couple of months of planning with like a um, a consultant on the whole project until we put it in front of the church so five, five solid years. years solid years which wow. was which was long that's a lot of time to it was be long. planning Wow. It, 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 yeah. So you're, you're, you're planning, you do like a two year generosity initiative and everybody like yeah. does their thing and gives and lays it out. And then you got to go and do it again. <laughs> got to say, we got to keep doing because yeah. you're teaching people to tithe. And then like, you have to ma- make sure you taught them to tithe, which mm-hmm. means don't stop. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the like big significant gifts that people start off with like a capital campaign that kind of goes away after the, f- the first big push, unless you have new people, and then it's just fatigue. It's yeah, like hope all deferred makes the heart, heart sick. Yeah. So that was it was like, so that's what it was like already, which is what you're getting at. 
your heart's sick because you're like, geez, this is taking forever. Yeah. We'll now add basically, not to be unfair, but it's like an, at least another 12 months because we did, so whatever, March 17th, get the keys, get the occupancy, and then like that day, the world shut down or whatever. Yeah. So we we had planned on being back in church the following week. And we were like, oh, I think Easter was April 12th. And we were like, we'll be in by Easter. Nothing, nothing. So we the first time we did Easter was just me in this room alone with like, you know, the worship team or whatever and streaming and all that. And then we did start to have some people in a limited capacity in the building in like June and July. But you know. Yeah. I mean, it was... You and I were on the phone about every, we were on the phone. every three or four weeks going, what, like, let's just pray and plan and hope. What was that? What was that like for you? Like what was happening in your world? Cause you guys have done projects at your church and then just what, what was going on in the life of your church when the world shut down? Yeah. So it's funny. I remember I flew in from an event and one of our pastors picked me up and he was like, Hey, what do you think about the coronavirus? You know, I was like, like in March. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, first week in March. Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, I mean, swine flu, like I was I like, don't know, I don't know, H1N1, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I mean, what do you think about it? You know? And he's like, oh, you think we're gonna have to shut down? And I like laughed out loud. I was like, shut down. I was like, dude, we don't, we don't shut down for We anything. don't shut down. It, yeah. It's gotta the be a level. The gates of hell will not prevail. Right. It's gotta be a level three snow emergency. It's illegal. You'll, you'll get arrested. You're, you'll get arrested. Yeah. And yeah, then like, people are coming on snowmobiles if they really love Jesus. Yeah. I'm preaching with the flu, like <laughs> right. Air Jordan, Air, yeah. puking in between services, go back up and do your thing. Like, yeah. so I'm just like, that had no weight with me. I was like, right. what are you talking about? He, he's like, I think I'm telling you, I think it's different. And then of course, a short time later, you know, the NBA shuts down, everything shuts down. And, and of course we didn't know what was going on. Like, you, you know, it was, it would have been irresponsible to just, you know what I mean? Say whatever, yeah. we're going to do this. Like, you know, so we stepped back and obviously pumped the brakes. And yeah, all yeah, that. Right. We were, we had actually just gone through a season of pretty in, intense growth as a church in terms yeah. of numeric. Like yeah. we, it, we grew like 700 people in six months, wow. which was disorienting. Yeah. And, and it was super exciting on the weekends, but internally we had so much stress. Like our, our teams were kind of at each other. Mm. Um, it was one of those things. I wasn't quite sure how to lead through it because mm. I'm like, man, I think we, we ought to be counting our blessings because we get, we're living something really cool, but right. it was creating like a weight that wow. we didn't quite have the infrastructure for. So I, in the middle of that, I wasn't sure what to do. Then the coronavirus hits and shuts everything down, which in a weird way sort of helped a little bit. It helped. Like mm. it, it was like, there I was, know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. The immediacy, the like surge capacity, everybody kind of got hyper-focused and like quit being yeah. petty and whatever. And we just, you know, everybody started fighting in the right direction. And, um, but yeah, that's kind of where we yeah. were at at the time. It was a, it was a trip. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it. I mean, this is the last thing people want to talk about yeah. on like a 70-degree day yeah. two years later <laughs> when it's finally, you know, not completely gone, but like it, it's it the, the impact and all that stuff is 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 uh, virtually gone mm -hmm. in terms of church and whatever. It's funny. I mean, I talked to a lot of guys like at the gym or whatever who are in corporate world, Chase Bank, still, you know, one, two days a week virtual yeah i mean a lot of that stuff just got changed forever mm -hmm. and some of that might be good but some of that they're you know missing that corporate and thing but anyway uh, no one wants to really talk about it but it really was one of those things that uh 
I, I shared on, I think it was episode one of the podcast. Like I didn't know what to do. Mm. Like I, you know, I, I, I was overwhelmed just to try to keep it together because of the, the building, you know, there's like financial burden. There's like growth burden. There's like keeping things intact. And I just, I was like stunned. So I just did my best to like hold down the fort, mm -hmm. but I, I mentioned, I stopped our podcast. I'd done this before. And then I stopped. Cause I just, I was like, it wasn't a time for me of like hot takes and like, right. you know, like being certain, you know, yeah. like the only certainty I could give in that uncertain time was like, here's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. We're, we, you know, we have this amount of people who come to church. There's tickets. That's what we're doing. It's like, I don't know, I, you know, and I'm glad I didn't like air a bunch of, you know, <clears throat> ideas right? because I think a lot, we've learned a lot about what was going on. And the severity of it. I, again, I just, that's my, that's my word for it. Not a good time for hot takes. Yeah. And I felt that, so I didn't say much, but. Yeah. And in, in the, in the words of the great theologian, Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold, hold them, them and know when to fold them. Yes. That's great, man. You do. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like a major piece of leadership too. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to say that right now and mm -hmm. maybe never. You, you know, what's interesting. So like, I know we've known each other a while. So I, at one point I did a little boxing thing, right? Yeah. I remember it, that. Yeah. You had the, uh, you, yeah. You like trained. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fight. A it was a series. It was a series called fight. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but long story short, like my personality. Okay. Like personalities sort of come out in boxing styles Okay, to where you, like you have certain guys that are bulls. They call them a bull. So like, okay. it's basically their mentality is, always go forward. Okay. Okay. Which that, that, that is my That's mentality you. in life. Right? That's it's you. like, I just go forward. Yeah. And so it took me literally months and months to actually even have the presence of mind to retreat because yeah. in my mind to retreat is like losing it's or losing. weakness yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like I'm getting beaten. And yet when you watch actual skilled boxers, they'll go backwards. Like Floyd Mayweather, you know, he's a counterpuncher. He's, he's going back. He's backwards. a defensive fighter, right? Yeah, they call waits. it the sweet science, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like they know when to go back, when mm -hmm. to go forward, when to give ground. Mm -hmm. And so if all you do is just put your head down and go forward, yeah. you're not going to be very good. Right. So, so like to learn like within your instincts, like, hey, this isn't a time to put my to, head down and, mm -hmm. and, and go be a bull. Yeah. I need to step back and, and like actually give a little ground. Yes. Play a little defense. Yes. You know what I mean? Did, what, what does the situation call for? So did you... And we can get into this, but like, did you, did you, were you a little too aggressive for the first couple months? Or is that, I, I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. implying that you were, I'm, I'm, I feel like you're implying that you might have been. No, it, it was my, in, it, it, was it was my your instinct. instinct, but you got to go, where's that coming from? And, and for me, actually, and it, we can go as deep as you want yeah, on this, yeah, yeah. but like, actually, a lot of it comes from fear. Right. Yeah. When right. I get afraid, oh, yeah. when I'm afraid, my instinct fight or is flight. fight. Like I am not a flighter. Yeah. Right? If I get scared, I'm not running. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go right at you. But but to know that the self awareness with that allows you to outthink your impulse. Right. Did did that moment crystallize that for you? In terms um, of of it's like yeah, probably more than ever. Character revealed happens under crisis. Yeah, more than ever. But I think I, I that was a lesson I've been learning over time. And I yeah, learned it from hard knocks because I you know I'm I'm thinking. If it's in my gut, it must be right. You know what I mean? So, so like, but I've learned that the times I put my head down and tried to try to bull through stuff, and then yeah. you, you end up going, that wasn't good, yeah. you know? And Well, it's hard when you, when you like, you played football. Yeah. Did you play at Mount Union? Yep. Yeah, so, like, you played football, and, and you're, you're an athlete, and then, you know, successful. 
whenever you like do what you do and it works, it, it's yeah. very difficult to learn that you shouldn't do that all the time. I mean, right. it reinforces bad conduct. Exactly. At times. Yep. It's like, how, why would I not do this? Yeah. I mean, I, this is how I got here. Yeah. It's so, it's, so it's such a great leadership challenge. How I got here is probably not alone. Yeah. What's going to keep me here. Yeah. So, so going, okay, <laughs> what is good about it? Well, it's yeah. being good is being proactive, right. Yeah. but being proactive and being a bullheaded dude right. isn't necessarily the same thing. Right. Yeah. But being proactive might be being patient. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like going, Hey, we're going to hurry up we're, and wait. Yeah. We're, we're not going to avoid this. We're not going to procrastinate or, or stick our head in the sand or, or whatever. It'd be negligent. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it doesn't mean that, that I have to try to force my will yeah. or, or stand up and be an alpha, right. you know, like yeah. being that alpha energy, this is a time to actually be patient, yeah. to, to collect information. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and, and be a little more measure twice or three times before, before you, I cut. Yeah, yeah. The, the sins of commission, they get typically tagged as worse than the sins of omission. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, I didn't do anything. Right. Well, that might've been the wrong thing. Right. You know, I mean, being passive sometimes yep. can be horrible, but typically people that get things done are like you. They're, they're like that. It's like they're a doer. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. I'm going to push. I'm going to fight. But then it's like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I was actually, and I was, I've been in the, because I'm similar in some ways, but I, I could get to the point where it's like, well, you didn't even do anything. Yeah. And everyone thinks I'm bad because I didn't do something, because I did something. You, you didn't even do anything. That's just as bad. You're just, you just, nothing. It's a void. Yeah. And there's work to be done. But anyway, I was reading this article the other day. I was talking about um, earning, like basically, wage earners and it, yeah. and, it, and it was talking about factors that that contribute to the highest wage earners and the, and you know how like they have those different elements of personality sure. one of them is agreeable versus disagreeable right, right? You, so like some people by nature they're just disagreeable and they find that actually disagreeable people are higher wage earners yeah like people that have that 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 part of their personality which again it makes sense why because they're disruptive they're, like they're someone who will go in and blow it up or there's someone that will go ask for a raise or they will, you know, push for their idea or they'll do whatever. They so have they, to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet like having that in your bag, if that's part of your personality, that's cool. But yeah. learning how to, yeah. how to actually hone that, that yes. talent to know, I need to add a little finesse to this disagreeable mm -hmm. to know when is the right time to do it. Yeah. Otherwise you do a lot of, you can do a lot of damage. Yeah. That's good, man. That's good. I, I, I felt myself a little bit in a posture of, in retrospect, I was, okay, I got to figure out what this is before I, I do anything crazy or say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my, I said this before, but I struggled with people that were like, I know what's going on. Right. Not, 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 not decisions. Here's what this is. Right. So the radical extremes, mm -hmm. I know this is fake. I know this is going to kill everybody. Right. I, how do you know? I don't, right. know how, I don't know how you know that. Yeah. Well, I read this and I read, so the whole information, the lack of trust in institutional knowledge, I mean, just like the whole thing, it was a nightmare. Confusing. Confusing, man. Very disoriented. Anyway, so, so the other part is, is that, you know, uh, if you're watching this YouTube video and if you're not, Greg and I both, we, we coordinated our outfits today because it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. So he's yep. got the New York Yankees hat. And uh, I've got the uh, the the John Havlicek. Havlicek stole the ball. Havlicek stole the ball. So uh, I, 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 lo I love uh, Ohio State basketball. You like Ohio State basketball? Yeah. So if you don't know, John Havlicek played for the Buckeyes. 
he was on the only national championship team and then went to play for Boston. Uh, and I had several championships uh, with Boston. And uh, I just love his last name. And then, like, you know, he's one of the greatest. I think he's, like, top 50 NBA Is player. He hung, would that be a Hungarian last name? Havlicek. That's, Is I don't know. Che- I don't know. Czechoslovakia. Something like that. Have a check sounds like yeah, it. Oh, you think? <laughs> you would think so. I don't know. But he, uh, so March Madness. So it's starting today. So what are you, uh, so the Buckeye basketball team, do you, are you a fan? Do you watch them? So I'm a Buckeye fan, period. Yep. I, I haven't like followed it closely. Okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would say, dude, my last March Madness major investment would have been like Greg Oden. Jeez. You know he coaches for them. I, I I saw something about that. Yeah, he's yeah. one of their coaches now. Yeah, he's one of those guys that. Ugh, what a heartbreak. Yeah, I mean he was like first round draft pick. He might have been number one that year. Yeah, one yeah. one and done at Ohio State. Oh yeah, he's picked over Kevin Durant. Yes, dude, he was picked over Kevin Durant. That's right. Yeah, and then and they had Mike Conley. That was Mike Conley. Those guys, right? Yep. And they did they go to the Final Four with him? Finals? No, they went to the finals. Finals. They that was that modest. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a heart. Wasn't that the same year we got our butts beat in uh, football so, too? I'm still kind of sore about. I that. mean, well, dude, hey, on on the bucket, how about Scooney Pin? Yep, Scooney, Mike, Michael Red, Michael Red. All right, Michael Red lives around here. Do you ever see him? Oh yeah, he. I know, I know, Michael. Good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. He. Uh, I mean, uh, would you say who's the best of all time? Is it? It's got to be him, Buck right? Guy? Yeah, basketball. Probably, probably yeah, him. Yeah, or, 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 or I'm like an Olympian. Yeah. Or Havlicek. Yeah. But yeah. Michael Red, I mean, in the Michael NBA, Red. he had a really incredible. He career. never, he never won it. Yeah. Multi, multiple time All Star. Yep. Was on the Olympic team. Yep. He's a or, dude. Yeah. Tim or probably Havlicek. Havlicek. Or John right? Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Baller. So you, so you're, a, you are like a, a historic, you're like yeah. a fan. I was real into it, like in high school. Okay. Yeah. E- even like, you know, I was like into like, Jerry Stackhouse mm-hmm. and Rasheed Wallace. Yes. The O'Bannon boys. The O'Bannon. Like, See, yeah. UCLA. Yeah. That's Toby like Toby Bailey. I, mm-hmm. Tyus Edney. Yes. When I think about March Madness, that had to be like around 91 or 92. Uh, oh, UCLA. Uh, no, that was a little bit later. A little was, later than yeah, that? Yeah, that was like, that was like 96, I was think. Was it? Or 96. Something around that. Yeah. So I was like a freshman or so. Uh, yeah. That's when I was like oh, into it. I feel it. like that was when it was at its peak. It was so cool. You know what I mean? It was like guys were... They, they were playing to their junior, senior year. Like, right, like you think like Tim Duncan, I he know. was a senior. I know. You know, even like Rasheed Wallace, Stackhouse, those guys were like, at least played two or three years. You know, O'Bannon was a senior. Are you more of an NBA fan or a, a college NBA? Uh, I, NBA. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. You so know. who do you, who do you, are you, do you have a team? I mean, I'm a, I'm a diehard Cleveland. Oh, you, you know, are? Yeah. Okay. Like forever. But, you know, I mean, they got I'll, a good I'll team watch, right now. I'll, I'll just watch, you know, I'll watch what's on. Yeah. So my daughter's playing basketball now. So, yeah. So like, actually, I found myself watching more women's college basketball than ever before, which I have found to really enjoy. Because oh, yeah. the things I'm trying to teach her about, like, how to play basketball as a yeah. team. Are you the coach? They do. Uh, no, I'm just a You're just, I'm a, just dad. a dad. Yeah. 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 But I mean, like, if you want to see you, like, really well-played Executed. basketball. Women's college basketball is... I they mean, do it right. Dude, they rotate on defense. Yeah. Like, every, like, just the way they play, the way they pass, move without the ball. Yeah. Like, every is really, really fun to well, watch. Well, the Buckeyes are really good. I, I got to watch. No, I think, they're, I think they're a one seed. Really? I, I think the women's basketball. Oh, women's. Women's the, basketball okay, is a one. You. I think so. Nice. You got to take her down there. 
yeah. think they're really, really good. Um, so yeah, March Madness. So did you do a bracket? I have not done a bracket. Does it start today? Yeah, you, you're. Uh, you might be too late, late right yeah. now. Yeah, it's right now. Yeah, it's you did? just kicked. I did. Who you got? I just kind of went through one at a time. I didn't have any like uh, I've wa- I watch the Buckeyes play all year, and then I watch almost all the Big Ten games. I like the Big Ten, so then you get to see, you know, their non-conference teams and stuff like that, and you get to see them play. And then I'll I'll tune into like top ten, like so if if uh, like USC is playing or UCLA is playing or these teams like Baylor, whatever. What's like, the biggest upset you got in your bracket? <sighs> It's not very big because I, I didn't even I wasn't I was stream of consciousness just doing it and I ended up with all the ones in the final, <laughs> which I'm kind of like this is pretty boring. So I think I have who did I have? Oh, I have Gonzaga winning. So they're they have some crazy players. They're really good. You remember them last year? Oh yeah, undefeated. Yeah, and then just got stopped yeah, by Baylor. Yep. So I got yeah I think I so I got them winning it. I had an upset. Of like a two or three seed, nothing crazy. You ever see that SNL skit where the the lady wins the bracket because she picks the cutest mascots? No, she she knows nothing about basketball. No, but she picks the cutest mascots, and know? then she and yeah. she wins it. Yeah, she's like a terrapin. She's like, wait, what is that? They're like a little turtle. A turtle. She's like, oh yeah, they're gonna win. They're gonna. Win. <laughs> That's great. I think a lot of people do that. And to be honest with you, I do that half the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know. You know, you just don't know. Yeah. You know, so that's what's hard is as you're going through the bracket, it's like, okay, I know something about them and nothing about them. Yeah. Hmm, who should I pick? Whatever. So I think I have Gonzaga. I, I enjoy – so, like, you, your daughter's playing basketball. Mm-hmm. My son plays basketball. So I've been the assistant coach with Kyle Spangler. Oh, Who nice. goes to your church. Oh, yeah, he's great. So I, he and I went to church together when I was on staff at Quest years back. So we've we've stayed friends and uh, he asked me to be the assistant coach. Awesome. So our boys, you know, we've, we're in our third year now. But you're right about when you when your your kids in it, you just watch you just watch more. Yeah. Like, so in our house, you know, my wife, you know, she, football, like she just, you know, yeah. What is happening? It's funny if you play football or play you, you you know you really love it. It's like impossible not to. But if you don't play, it is a confusing thing. Yeah. Like who knows what's going on? Yeah, it's a bunch of people running, just into running each other. around. Yeah. You know, whatever. Well, and, and even like the, the camera shot doesn't even show the back doesn't, end of the defense, yeah. so you don't see any of that. You don't know what's going on? Any of that chess going on? No. So so then, uh, but then basketball, she loves that. So it's like you know you can watch that, you yeah. can see it, and so we we have it on all the time. So I went we went to the Ohio State Duke game this year. Nice. That was a present for some friends of That's mine, cool. guys that go here work here with me. They won. You know how State won that game. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was fun. So I, I get it. I, you know, I like March Madness. I have some fun with it. Have you um, uh, switch, switch gears? Are you a movie guy? A uh, little bit. You, I mean, like older movies. Older movies? Yeah, I mean. Do you watch movies now? Yeah. Do you watch like Best Picture stuff or do you just kind of, is it just like a leisurely thing for you? Yes. Yeah, so like yeah. my wife will pick something. I'll watch yeah. it. What, like what, what do you got? Have you, seen, have you seen the Batman? The new I'm not a big like Marvel. Marvel. You know, not oh, not really, superheroes. No, not dude, really. you feel? I feel like you would be like <sighs> superhero guy. I've seen some of them. It's just I don't. You know, just don't dude. get into it. I don't for whatever reason. I don't know why. I, I, listen, I understand. Like, I, do you like video games? No. See, I'm I, not. I'm I not way never, about video games. I never play video games. I was like, can we just go do something else? I haven't played video games since my freshman year of college. And you played Mario Kart then, right? <laughs> or Zelda? <laughs> I played. I played Dreamcast. 
like uh, like a was it Sony or Sega Dreamcast? Okay, that was the is it, that the unit? Because I don't even know. Yeah, it was the it's unit. The Dreamcast. It's like extinct now, right? Yeah, like yeah. it was an endangered species for a while, and <laughs> yeah. now it's extinct. Now it's gone. But but like it was the first time you could do a franchise. And so it was like you could draft people and whatever. Oh, okay. before, it was just tech mobile and okay, whatever. Tech, right? Okay, so it's, it's Sega football. Genesis. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I do that and I ended up like for about two days, like I'm I think I'm like a GM. And I was and I right. didn't study and I missed class and I was like, you know what? This is I'm not doing this anymore. And and I literally have not played a video game yeah. since that. So I'm not I mean, I don't yeah. judge those who do. I'm I'm sure it's you fun don't judge. to <laughs> I, I'm sure it's fun to be a Navy SEAL for a day or whatever, but I I, I don't play no i i to be honest with you i kind of do judge people that you do, do. <laughs> well i'm not i i i feel like i have this my kids play so it's like you know my kids play Fortnite. yeah and and you know you're talking they, about an adult like an adult oh, well man. i i have yeah like it but there's like so many people now that it's like normalized with it's like it's just what they, with what they do yeah. I, I have a problem with living in my mom's basement that kind of thing yeah but like dude i i'm like that's not healthy. Like you need less time on a screen. Like you need to go do something. Yeah. I don't know. My kids, it's like they have to be involved in something extracurricular. Yeah. Like they don't have a choice. Yeah. Because so that's why we allow the, the screen time thing. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, as long as they're not like wasting away on this, yeah, we don't want them to have like the whole like purity culture response to video games when they grow up. And like, it's like all they can do is eat right. video games. Mm -hmm. But like, uh, yeah, every time I'm just like, uh, and I kind of feel like I'm supposed to try to engage them more Yeah, in it. Like, you know, yep. Emmanuel, God with us. Like I'm, <laughs> I always have this picture of like, I'm yeah. supposed to like get next to them in that sense. Mm. Cause it's there where they like it. I just, that's the one I just, I can't. Yeah. I just don't care. I mean, I think I, for some, it's some kind of escape, right? Like yeah. whether it's, you get to sort of fantasize about being a football player, being a, a warrior Sniper. or whatever it is right and yeah. and uh i i mean i probably have my own in terms of whether it's golf or whatever but i i guess i'm trying to is that what you do for leisure um yeah you know i i've injured myself doing a few things uh in the last couple of years so i haven't played i've not played a lot of golf um but you know honestly like i'm trying to escape less these days right yeah. i'm trying to be a little more, more present, present like, with the family so i did this crazy thing we don't have to take it down this road no if it's you don't fine to, but like I, I wasn't resting well. And I was like, I got to figure out why. Cause I kept trying stuff and it was like, nothing was really working. And I think the issue was every, I have too many things to go to when I get bored. Okay. So like I never push myself to allow myself to get bored or to stay bored for a little bit. And actually just, just to, to be okay in the, in the mundane. Yeah. It's like, well, and, and I think like there's something on the other side of boredom, right? So the reason you like the belief, be, it would be that, if I'm bored, I'm going to stay bored forever, but that's not the case. Like right. your, your imagination will come back or you'll, you'll start to actually, you know, kind of go back to let something fill the void. Yeah. yeah. So like, but because I would start to get bored and then I would fill that with something. And so I, I just decided, I don't know why I just decided, you know what, I'm going to allow myself to be bored. So my, my wife actually was out of town with the kids. I was by myself and I stared out this window for like hours and it was crazy. I know, like I, I, I was like, my, my, out of dude, I was like having withdrawals. Like my body hmm. was like feeding back. Like I kept like instinctively reaching for my phone. Oh or yeah, like whatever. And but I kind of fought it out, and I started to feel myself actually start to relax a little mm. bit over time. Mm. And I didn't just do that the entire day. I actually went. And I I did some reading and I did some other things. Yeah. But but it was like 
it, it was interesting. I'm like, I think the thing that's prohibiting me from doing this is that I keep escaping when I get bored, I go find, find something to fill it with. Yeah. So I, again, I'm, I'm not a, a rest expert, Yeah. but at the same time, like I'm, I guess I'm trying to escape Figure less that these out. days. Yeah. Have you, have you, do you know John Mark Comer? Yeah. Did, have you read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? I've not, but I've heard really awesome you things. You need to read that book. I've heard that. I've heard it'll it. just, he's, it, he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And it'll just reinforce like kind of all the stuff that you're talking about and why, like the, what's happening with these freaking devices and yeah, how important it is to get away from them. I, I listened to the podcast and we, we did, we read it and we had some people speak. Uh, Carmen actually spoke about that book on in a message here and it it's it's convicting man mm. it's hard to it's hard for me mm-hmm. to just like when you talk about looking out a window like that makes me anxious it made me very anxious the whole time yeah for, well it, for a while i should yeah. say the whole time for a while you know yeah and again it wasn't like oh i just rewired my entire brain in a few hours no like, yeah, yeah, but, yeah but it was like something that it was telling is it, is it a pattern that you can, you, do you try to do that now regularly? Yeah. Like you the, stare at a window for well, a couple hours. I mean, the, I'm serious yeah, though. It, no, no, no. Well, so, yeah. Kind slowly, of. Yeah. So like my living room, I got a really nice window. Yeah. So like, and it got a really cool view of some things. Yeah. So like I, I do that quite a bit. Yeah. And, and even like just certain parts of my house, yeah. you know, that, that or now again, going outside. Right. That, that's probably part of the reason for me, summer or nice weathers. I mean, obviously sun is great and yeah. all of that, but being able to go outside, yep. you know what I mean? And, and step away from yes. some of those things you get filled up that way it, it, i i feel rested i yeah. feel more rested yeah I, I don't know like uh filled up in terms of like energized as much as i feel it actually restored. helps you yeah to rest do you have any of the like the apple watch or the whoop band or any of that no. stuff so you can kind of regulate Mm-mm. i bet it does actually help you rest i bet you like your recovery and everything because you work out man i know mm-hmm. man you work out so do you, man. I mean, Dude, I work. you look like you've been eating cinder blocks. I know. Hey, man, they're good. <laughs> you've been killing <laughs> no. it. Dude, to be honest with you're you. You're looking swollen up, Listen, dude. man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about it. Like, I, I, I work out and, and four times a week. I added lifting because, you know, CrossFit is yeah. more like a cross. It's not like actually just like pumping iron. So I started lifting and I changed my diet. I added uh, more planned meals. So I'm not crazy. I have like a planned breakfast. I added like a planned lunch so that I get enough food. I started this like three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and I've gained 15 pounds. I've gained 15 pounds. Wow. So like. You look good, dude. You look like you could fill the A gap. Listen, (laughs) uh, C gap. (laughs) One big collision. I'm an outside linebacker. No, but like, dude, I I mean, I, I, I got on the scale and I'm, I weigh two. 30. I've never, dude, I've never been over 220. You got that linebacker look hey man, right now. Fine. Is that what you're going for? No, I'm trying to lean out, which what, I, I think I'm leaning want, out. What I would just, you want to weigh? I mean, I, I'm healthy. I don't know. I don't think weigh is the thing. I mean, I don't want to get into all that. It's like inches and health and, you know, how you feel and listen to your body. And that's kind of what my wife leads me through. It's like the scale is not what it's about. Right. Like, anyway, I, so like, but. But you'd rather be leaner than bulkier. Yeah, yeah. I didn't necessarily want to like, you know, I didn't know it would go. It just, it's been effective in the sense that like I weigh a lot more quicker. I don't know, whatever. Dude, you, you, <laughs> a, you look, right you now you stop. look like you could go to the Arnold and, hey, handle your, and handle your business. Yeah, well, if I need to, man, 
Except injuries are my plague. Me too. What's yours? Dude, I, I had, I've had three visits to orthopedic one. Okay. I, I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon racing a staff member through the church parking lot. True story. Last year. And then I. So wait, wait, wait. Now that one, that's, that's like what people say. That's actually what happened. But that's the one, but that's the one they say is the most painful. Horrible. And you, it just snaps, right? Like the, the whole thing severs. I felt like uh, a gorilla stepped on the back of my foot. So we, I was, we were racing through the parking lot and I'm running and I'm in full sprint. I'm on my toes. I'm mm-hmm. like going, I think I'm going to like close the gap and be a hero. And as I'm running, I think I'm warmed up. I think I'm, I think I'm doing good. And I just feel a, a, like a collision, like a pop in the back of my leg. And so I, I go down. I'm rolling through the blacktop and I turn around, literally think someone has stepped on me. No one's there. And then I have this flash through my mind because I've heard Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, yeah. these guys who had this, that's exactly what they say. They thought someone, they, they literally turn around and look and no one's there. Cause they thought someone kicked them or threw something at them. Exactly, dude. And that's, that's what happened. So I, I literally, I, it was my right leg, my right Achilles tendon. So I had to drive left footed to the ER. Mm. I went straight to the ER. You they, knew. Oh yeah. They, they, they do what's called the Thompson test. You lay on your stomach and they basically squeeze your calf. And if your foot doesn't then move, they're like, you're, you're yeah. ruptured, dude, you're dead. So I did that. And two days later I was in surgery. surgery. Yeah, it was rough. What was the recovery like for that? So it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a nine month to a year before you're like feeling, feeling really normal. Almost so I'm almost it. at a year. Wow. Um, but they they've started doing weight bearing earlier so you have less atrophy in your calf so yeah. you get it going a little bit more so i was in a walking boot in a few weeks and wow but that's where you see people like on those knee scooters forever. right yeah yeah well then you'd end up with really bad atrophy and then it just slowed everything down so they've they sped up a little bit big shout out to ortho one by the way because they they've done not only my achilles but both biceps so you 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 I, did both distal biceps yeah what does that mean the you, di- so you you bicep is two so the distal is the outside, oh. right? By two. This I did on both of them. Yeah. And, and what is Same that? doctor. It, it, it snapped? Rup, full rupture, yeah. Detached. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that the ligament that's connected to the bone just comes, comes off, off of the bone? And it retracts up. Oh. Twice. I think I've seen videos of dudes like pumping and then it just like. Yeah. Like, I try, the, that one was, I, I, one of them, I was trying to flip a giant wooden spool at my niece's graduation party. <laughs> I swear, I've been. I my sister bought this thing. It was like off was it like Craigslist. a competition? Were you like? Were it, you like? Geek, like it was just like out. I was looking at it all all party, and I'm thinking, I wonder if I can flip that. Like, how heavy <laughs> is that? So I waited till the party thinned out a little bit, and I asked my sister's permission. You know, hey, what's up? Can I flip? Can I try to flip it? She's like, hey, dude, whatever. Like, have fun. Have fun. <laughs> so I go over there, and my whole thought is like, don't hurt your back. So right, I like, yeah, I got right, heels yeah, in the yeah, ground, like right, whatever. Yeah. I thought it was a great position, but as I came up, I just completely popped my bicep and, and and what's so dumb is i kept going like i kept trying to flip it it's all on video by the way and i think it, i saw it. did you it, was that on on yeah, did you dude. post that my wife's cheering for me my daughter so i'm like I, I gotta be like i gotta get it but i couldn't get it wow so i put it down and it was actually the same guy who did who fixed the one fixed the other wow okay yeah jeez well, we can t- we can just like randomly move through Sad. all this stuff. Let me let me uh, let me take us to our next segment where I'm going to do what's called footnotes, and this is where, as you know, as a pastor, uh, 
footnotes is this idea that there's all these other sources and pieces and parts of a message that, uh, you know, don't make it to the, to the message, but they really support what you've done or it's, you know, you know, the, the art of the messaging, right. Is, is what you don't say. I mean, there's so much to say. Um, and and maybe that's not how you experience it, but that's kind of, for me, it's like, how do I just try to get this distilled down as much as possible? Um, and so this is, uh, this is footnotes and we'll dive into what I've been talking about on Sunday. Yeah. So Greg, I'm doing a series right now, um, at our church on generosity and it's called, um, it's called leaving scarcity. So I put together this concept of, um, scarcity being like an actual city, like a place that you live. And the idea is that scarcity was kind of the result of the fall in the garden. That is, is kind of the response and the manifestation of lies so you have this abundant, beautiful garden, watered paradise that has everything you could need and more. And the liar comes along and says, uh, actually, you don't have enough and you should take matters into your own hands and do this for yourself and don't listen to him. You should eat this. He doesn't want you to eat this. So the whole idea was like, they thought that God was holding back from them. And there wasn't enough, right? It's like, there's not enough because you need to have this. He's holding back from you. And so it's, uh, so eat it. And so when everything was plentiful, humans decided that it wasn't enough. Well, that's, that's believing a lie. That's like your focus, your eye being on the lie as opposed to what the reality is. And so the, the reality is, is that there was enough then. And even though we perpetuate scarcity, which is this idea that there's not enough, so we have to take for ourselves, we have to kind of build a, a, a world of survival and living scarce and thinking that we need to protect and take matters into our own hands. And the truth is, even now, when people perpetuate that lie, and sometimes it manifests like there's not enough because people are so greedy, that even now, there's enough. And so... Jesus comes to earth and he's like, look at the birds, look at the lilies of the field. What is he teaching? He's teaching like, actually, when you don't believe the truth about what's been provided, you live in, you live out the lie. So there is enough. Just look over here and look over there. And if you really understand what he provided in the garden, there was enough. Then there's enough now to go around. And actually there's a recent study, I think for the first time ever, like global poverty and, or, um, people not having food is basically like solved. Like we have done enough of these like movements where like, if people want food, they can get food. And so it's kind of a testament to there is actually enough if we try to see it. So I talked about how the eye has this really small portion that takes a ton of energy from your body that can only focus on one little thing. So it's like, it's what you use to recognize faces and basically, so whatever you're not focused on is, is, doesn't exist to you. You're blind to it. So you have to tell your eye what to look at in order to see what you want to see. So the only reason that we don't think there's enough is we don't look at it. So Jesus comes along, look at the birds. Look at them. Take a look at these guys. They have everything they need. Of course, I've, I've given them everything they need. You don't think that there's enough here for you? And so the idea was leave scarcity 
and then move to generosity, a city of generosity, where you get back to the original design of God's creation, where you are created in this temple, you're an image of God, you're bearing his image, and that just doesn't mean you look like him, that means that you've been given vocation to go and be like him in the world, to take all that God created and share it and create more and, and make beautiful and good things out of God's beautiful creation. So that's what we're called to do. Rule over the fish, rule over the land, have dominion, subdue all this. See what I did? I took the, the chaotic waters and made order out of it. You take this and make more order out of it. So basically to move into generosity means to actually start to live generously again, to believe that like we're supposed to be expressions and conduits of the goodness that God has. So not just money, time, space, focus, attention, that we're supposed to basically be this community of benevolent, generous love. That's just like the marking. And so I went into how kind of how Jesus refocused us back on what it means to be generous and gave us a model for how it's supposed to work. Um, and so I kind of, this last week I tracked through how when Adam and Eve sinned, they, the first solution to the, the problem, they introduced evil and suffering into the world. So the first solution that God gives is the skins of an animal. So basically the messaging is sacrifice is what it takes to mitigate pain and suffering. So I taught that this weekend, like, so something has to die. So the relationship between God and man is severed. They're suffering. You're covered with leaves. That's not good enough. Something has to die in order for our relationship to be okay. So what I kind of taught is that from that pattern of sacrifice that the humans learned, sacrifice is actually kind of the way the world works. It's kind of the way it works. So like even the, the curse in the, in the garden, you have to work now and it's going to be difficult. Work every single day is sacrifice. I'm put, it's delayed gratification. I'm putting in my time today so that I can get what I'm supposed to get tomorrow. I have a bigger goal. So in order for me to make my life work, I got to work. I got to spend my time, which is sacrifice. So basically I, I taught that like God was like, for us to be okay, something has to die. And then people learned for the world to work, we have to sacrifice. We have to spend time. We have to pick what we want to go towards and we're going to have to give something up in order to get it. And so then Jesus comes and he does the epitome of sacrifice. He does the ultimate suffering, which mitigates our suffering. So his sacrifice is what deals with ultimate pain in the future and what starts us to be able to, he's like, so this is how you should live. So then I kind of brought it all together. Like, okay, so sacrificial living, it's like, is it supposed to be painful? Do I have to move to Africa? Do I have to like give all my money away? But the picture that Jesus gives to his disciples is not this radical give all. It's actually think about sacrifice as how you live and engage with one another. When he says, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. So this is just the recap. The, the idea is you can't take up your cross daily, literally. Because if you take it up once, you're dead. So he's not saying you need to go to the cross, pick a day and do it. He's saying you need to, what I'm about to do, which mitigates suffering, which is me giving you something so that your future improves, 
me sacrificing so your future improves, you need to do a miniature version of sacrifice in your life and do it with people. And so I, 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 this is overly simplified, but my message was the way we do this is share. Sacrifice is sharing. So it's like, if I share with you my time, my energy, my focus, and I do it in the name of, I want to be like a representative of God from the garden that like I'm taking the bounty and giving, then this is what it means. So the, the cardinal virtue of the citizens of generosity is sharing. And then you, so this is what it's like, if you really think about that, you're like, that's actually true. Like someone who is marked by benevolent contribution all the time. Like if people have someone move into their house, you're like, that person is generous. Like if somebody like shares, like, you know, you meet someone that's like wealthy or has like, like esteem or they're famous and they like give you their attention. You're like, that is generous. Like he's sharing with me his time, his energy. If someone gives money, you're like, that's generous. Um, so that's kind of where I went with this whole, um, this whole idea. And, uh, I don't know, like, like, like what are your thoughts on generosity and, and that whole world? Like I tried to kind of bring us to 30,000 feet. Like this is like humans were made Mm -hmm. to be like God and generous. Well, first of all, really well said, like that's, um, personally, you know, being ministered to, that was really good. Oh yeah. 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 That concept. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got two thoughts right, right off, the, yep. off the head. So the first one is, reminds me of a story. You know, my, my, my daughter, when she was younger, mm-hmm. um, one time in one of our services, uh, helped and served in receiving the offering. And it was yeah. like one of our, it was like very few people in the service, very few people gave. And so we got in the car afterwards and she's like, dad, um, you know, good news and bad news. You know, I was like, what? She's like, well, the bad news is like, I was passing the buckets and like almost no one gave. And I was like, oh, I was like, honey, it's okay. You know, some people give online, you know, mm-hmm. some people give, they don't give every week. And uh, she was like, well, dad, don't worry. She's like, I, I gave all my money. So she had, a, she had her little purse and she had a bunch of money. She just dumped her purse out hmm. and gave all of her money. Right. And of course that moved my heart as her dad, but it made me like think about it. And I was like, why would she do that? Hmm. And probably the biggest reason was that she knew that being giving all of her money she was still going to eat. She was still going to yeah. have a roof over yeah. her head. She was still going to get provided for because she knew essentially what she had in her hand or in her purse wasn't all that there was. That yeah. Her dad yeah. had her back. Like I was yeah. going to take care of her. Right. That's great. So in a sense, like with what you say, like, look at these birds, they're not stressed out. Yeah. The the second piece though, too, is I think, I think it's like in our best interest to, to have us honest self-assessment to look and go, do I have healthy appetites? Yeah. As I'm thinking about God's provision or maybe my fear around, am I going to have enough? My, my, my first question might be, is my current view of what I think I need the right the one? Right one? So even like to circle, That's run a good. thread back to our previous part of our yeah, conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. we are talking about diet, right? Yeah, You're yeah. like, okay, I eat this much. I do this and do this. You know, what we know about diet is if I eat a lot of food that's not nutrient dense, it just makes me want more of it. Yeah. Right. You, you eat, um, again, food that might, it may taste good, yeah, but candy. it's not good for yeah, you. you. Just, yeah. There's not a lot of nutrients. Yeah. In it, so you, you do it and you just keep consuming calories, which we all know what that does physically to yeah. your appetites. It blows them out. Yeah. You're hungry all the time. You're not, you know, you're just getting unhealthy. Yeah. And so I think, okay, if, if that's my, in terms of the way I'm, my, what my appetites are, yeah. I might be in this place where it's like, I have this insatiable, appetite that 
is He's off. And then I'm like, is God going to fulfill that? Well, God might not fulfill that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, right, yeah. that's like healthy for you. Sure. So, so then when I get to the place where I have such confidence that like I can empty my purse, so to speak, mm. like I can give what I, what I, what is mine to do? Yeah. Again, like you said, it's, sure. it's not this legalistic, like sure, sure. you got to whatever, right? Even Jesus talking to the yeah. rich young ruler, he's right. like, hey, sell your stuff. Right. He wasn't, right. it wasn't about that. It yeah. was about him essentially sussing to the surface, like, mm-hmm. dude, this is like- what This is your God. About. Yeah, this this is how n- the nutrients you aren't eating. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, yeah. sure, yeah. So, so like anyway- um, when, when you, when you have that and then the second to go, what do I really need? Maybe, yeah. maybe I think I need a bunch of stuff I don't actually need. Yeah. You know, may, maybe like I should look again at the birds mm-hmm. to go, they eat well, they're well clothed, you know, the, the, but they're not looking around going, dang, you yeah. know, I just need to be a bigger Eagle right. or I need to be something else. Like they're, they're comfortable with who God has made them and, and they have proper appetites. They have proper appetites. And, and then from there, you're like, well, now I actually want to give things away or, yeah. I, or I want to share, like you yes. said, with other people yes. because, I, be, because I don't have an insatiable. Yeah, that's good. No, it's, uh, so Paul says uh, contentment is great gain. Yeah. So where we think yeah. great gain exactly. is great gain. Yeah. He actually says, no, I think, I think the idea of contentment just as you're talking about that, I'm like, that's probably appropriate appetites, Yeah. which I've never said that before. And I didn't teach that. That's a great have you taught that to your church? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about that, but I, I, I like that concept it, yeah, a it's lot. Also, it's also like, okay, yeah, maybe, of course, God, God has it all. It's all His, sure, right? Yeah, He's right, all, yeah. omnipotent. Yep. He owns the cattle on a thousand right, hills. Yeah, There's yeah. no shortage, right? So God could certainly give me more, and He may do that. Yeah, right. there, there may be a time He did, yeah. but maybe what God wants me to do is go through a process of needing less. Yeah. Maybe I need too much right yeah. now and things I think I need. I really don't. I just think I need them. Yeah. So now what I'm doing is I'm going, okay, God, are you going to Self-assessment. Like what, what, wait a minute. Wait, what about me yeah. is off? I think I remember, I think it was Dave Ramsey actually, who, um, he said one time, like he, when, when he went through a process of becoming debt free and whatever, he was like, I got to a place where I could afford anything at the mall and suddenly I didn't want any of it. Yeah. Because he's content. Yeah, he's like all of a sudden he's like I didn't want all I didn't need all the things I used to think I needed. Yeah. So so there was like a reorientation of mm-hmm. his appetite. Yeah. And isn't isn't that as a dad? Okay, when you think about you know being a dad, like yes. you're trying to help shape your kids' appetites. You know, you're going, you know, hey, yeah. this is really healthy. You know, and you and you hey, you need to eat. You yeah, need to eat exactly, this, or yep. you should. You know, not too much of that. Right. Right. Too yeah. much. Too much uh, screen time. Like, dude, if you're always yeah. wanting that, that's not healthy. A little bit, whatever, but that's not nutrient dense. And of course, I think it's it's bad to swing the pendulum to where you can't Absolutely. even enjoy a cool blessing. Right? Absolutely. God, God gives you something awesome. You get to take a great trip or, you, yeah. you know, you get to have a, a, a nice house or, you know, there's something good, right? Yeah. To where you can't even enjoy it because yeah. you're like, oh, you know, now I'm, it's like that, Um, I, I don't want to be negative, but but like that. I have a love hate relationship with that scene from Schindler's list yeah. where at the end, you know, he's like taking off his watch. He's like, Hey, I could get one more person with this. Mm. Hey, I could get one more with that. Yeah. And, and in a sense, like I appreciate, you know, yeah. the fact that he understands sacrifice, but also it's like, man, there, that, that can be a never ending sure. like albatross around sure. your neck that yeah. you're like, I can't even enjoy some of the cool yeah. opportunities that God's given. Like, imagine you give your son a great gift, right. your, your daughter. And they're like, I can't receive this dad. You know, I got to give it away. Well, there's a party that's like, that's cool. No. Yeah. And there's a moment, there's a time for that, but there's also a time for you to like, enjoy. This was for you, man. Yeah. Like you, you should be able to enjoy yep. it. So I think, I think that's a 
tension to be managed yeah, throughout right, our yeah, lives yeah, yeah. to to not live in shame and guilt and yeah. like man I can't enjoy anything but also to not to to take an honest look at our appetites and go man maybe maybe I think I need a bunch of stuff and I'm actually worried you know God's not going to give it to me yeah. in something that maybe I don't need that's really good it's the uh, I I shared like statistically there's a, a household income number that it's under a hundred thousand yeah. dollars that once you go above, it doesn't improve your quality yeah, of life. Yeah, exactly. It's basically like it's frivolous. It's excess. It's, it's whatever. You get a little better car, you get a little, a little better, better food, little but, be- but it's not, but what is life, right? Yeah. Like it's not the house, right? It's the home money. Money can buy a house, but money can't, you know, make your relationships great. Exactly. Money can't do all these other things. I think it's similar to what you're saying. That's great, man. I love the idea on, I'm going to steal that. Steal it. When we, when we talk about uh, generosity. Well, just, I like the idea of, I've heard uh, messages about understanding your appetites and knowing when they, when they go too far. And, you know, we talk about that typically in like sex and money, you know, but generally speaking, just across the board, are you, are you kind of at a healthy level to where you're going, I don't, I don't, I don't need to need this. And if I feel like I need more than what I actually need, what's going on? Yeah. Is it become like a, a God in my life? I talked about greed, you know, is the love of money. Yeah. Right. As opposed to love of people, love of God, love of, you know, making the world beautiful. Like that's what we should love. You love money. And now you've, you've fallen in love with a false God and it's going to be a good tool, but a terrible God. That's kind of the direction, direction that I took it. Yeah. This contentment thing is brilliant though. I, I've, I've got a friend actually who I, I quit complimenting his stuff. Cause every time I compliment something, he tried to give it to me. Hmm. I'd be like, Oh man, that's a really cool. He'd be like, Oh, just take it, man. Take it. You know, I'm like, no, Was that dude, like do you cool. feel like he was like an oversensitive <laughs> no, kind of I trying did, to, no, no, I don't I actually, I think he genuinely, it's just the way he's he, wired. Yeah. He's totally wired that way. And yeah. he, it, but, but I felt bad cause I was like, I kept, you know, he kept trying to give me his stuff. It, but, but like, dude, you it, should pick some choice things that you're, <laughs> you're like, dude, I really like those rims. <laughs> dude, the, 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 the reality with him though, is he's not attached to any of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like cool. Tim is like, he doesn't need any of it. So he's yeah. like, oh yeah, you like it? Yeah. Take yeah. it. You know? And I, and, uh, and it wasn't like out of some weird place. Yeah. It was just out of his, his, he had a detachment yeah. to those things, which then made him extremely generous, generous you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, there's, there, there's something really beautiful yeah, about There that. is, man. There is. I, th- I, I think that that, that picture you could say that's extreme, but it probably is closer to just the nature, right? The yeah. sharing. Cause I, I talked about it. It's, it's one thing to have something. It's another thing to share. That's something that you have, but it's, it's the biggest thing to be known yeah. for sharing, yeah. like to be like, Oh, our, our community is marked by like, when you think about people that you know, right. You're like, like you just talked about that guy. That's like his mark. Well, yeah. Acts chapter two, they sold their land. They had everything in common, you know, mm-hmm. like their share is the community was marked by, by unity and sharing with mm-hmm. one another. So it's like, that's true, man. That's That's what makes Christianity. You think about it. We talk about like making an impact, preaching the gospel, sharing Christ. What about just share? Yeah. Just stop at sharing. If you want to be a good Christian, share your faith. Typically. Mm-hmm. How about just share? Mm-hmm. You know, as as a piece of it, of course, we have yeah. to. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the <laughs> preaching of the Lord, brother. You know this, dude. I got I got another friend. He was I, I asked him uh, a little while ago. I was like, I was like, dude, when's the last time you really felt like 
like just really connected to God. Like you did something, you're like, man, that, that felt like divine. Yeah. And he was like, he was at like going, he was getting eyeglasses. He's like, I was at this eyeglass place. He goes, and there was this lady who went up and she selected these glasses and she was really kind of, she just loved how she looked in them. So he goes, I, he goes, she went up to buy these glasses and she thought they had this program where basically you could pay it over time, but you couldn't. Yeah. Like they used to do that and you couldn't do it anymore. So he's like, it was a bit of an awkward moment because she goes up and um, she can't afford it at that time. She didn't have the money to pay for it. Yeah. And um, so there, she was kind of going back and forth with the cashier or whatever. And he goes, he goes, I just stepped up. I was like, hold on a second. He's like, hey, I, I had some kind of cool things happen. I, I, I happen to have a little extra money. He's like, and I was just seeing you in those glasses. He's like, you, those are like you. Like, yeah. I mean, you, they, you, you got to take them today. Yeah. She's like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I, I, I've just got a little bit extra yeah. today. So he buys these glasses. He's like, dude, this lady, oh. you know, just like air walked out of that place. Yeah. Like she was so fired up. He's like, dude, he goes, I felt yeah. like God and I yeah. were like joined at the hip, dude. He's like, it was just the coolest. Like I felt divine in the moment. Absolutely. And it wasn't in some weird benefactor no, no, type of no. way. It's like, he's the, not even going to see her again. He's not going to see her again. It's just he, part of the moment. Me a thing. Yeah. It was like, dude, I had the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you say back to Adam is like, God gave him dominion over the garden. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, you didn't make these animals, but I'll let you name them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you some, like some, some authority, authority here to, yeah. to organize and to share them, give them away. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, so, that's sweet. That is an amazing story and it needs to just be like period end of the chapter next part. But I have to say this, that reminds me of the Christmas shoes song. <laughs> Which is cheesy, you know, can I buy these shoes, that whole thing, <laughs> yeah. which is, that's like the story. Like yeah. the kid needs the shoes, yeah. the guy helps him get the shoes, yeah. but you know, these things become like silly because they're so profound. We yeah. almost like distance ourselves from them because they, you know, they become this cheesy Christmas melody, but the re honestly, man, like what you're hitting on, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that it's a cardinal piece of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Mm -hmm. And uh, so tithing is a piece of that, right? It's a piece of, you know, the money portion, making sure money's not your God, giving to God, like that's a piece of it. But I want to be a part of, of a community that's like, oh yeah, that's like one of 10 things, just categories of we give away this and we share, we're known, man. We're like, the, we're like share church. Mm -hmm. And anyway, I just think like, that's my, my heart for for generosity, the, yeah. the city of, you know, it's like Whoville I talked about. It's just like all these people running around just excited mm -hmm. about giving something, yep. you know? It's a, it's a cool thing. Yeah. Dude, you kind of like did my footnotes for me. That was sweet. Oh. That was awesome. That was great. All right, we're going to dive into, we have uh, Greg Ford. He's been this here this whole time. And now we're going to dive into what he's here for um, uh, with uh, the aficionado. Let's do it right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Greg Ford, he is here today to talk to us about leadership, man. So, I mean, we've already, you know, touched on a lot of different pieces of, of leadership and whatnot, but uh, before you do that, like, just give a little background, um, you know, uh, husband, father, <clears throat> pastor, take us through the, the, then just the individual, Greg, where are you from, grew up with what? And then how you got where you are, just brief history of, of Greg's life, wife, uh, kids, and, and then we'll, we'll kind of dive into some leadership stuff. Yeah, man. So real quick, you know, I grew up in Akron, Ohio, 
Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So did Steph Curry and LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. Actually, I played against LeBron's high school. You did? Yeah, before he uh, – so I was a senior in col- – or freshman in college. He was a freshman in high school. So I saw him play as a freshman, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And I remember I – mean, he was incredible. So yeah. uh, back to the Buckeyes. You yeah. know they have a true freshman uh, named Malachi Branham right now? No. So he he's from St. Vincent, St. Mary. Oh, nice. Yeah, and yeah. He, he's pr- he, he had a, a, a kind of a mediocre start. And the last part of the season, he just took off. He became freshman of the year. Nice. In the Big Ten. And so he's probably one and done. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, so I grew up in Akron. My dad was a pastor, um, true pastor. He actually works at our church now. Over, he's overall pastoral care. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's like, he, he'll come singing to you in your hospital bed. You know, he's wow. like, I mean, just incredible. So we, we always had like people, we had people living in our house. We had, mm. you know, he was just a, that type of guy. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, grew up there and, and honestly didn't see myself in ministry. You know, I probably had a little more, uh, boxer. I, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just had probably at that time, like I wasn't thinking about deep things and I, and I was also like a pretty ambitious dude. So I was like wanting to, you know, probably do something in business or coaching or something like that. So I, I was, didn't see myself, uh, in church, but long story short, the Lord got a hold of my life and, um, uh, went to college in Texas and then did youth ministry in two different places. Uh, we moved here uh, right right around the time you guys started your church. In fact, when I was work, I was working the front desk at uh, Life, Urban Active, Urban Active slash Life, LA, LA slash yeah, yeah. Esporta slash Gold. Like, okay, I was that guy working, yep, working right. the front desk. In fact, I would see you come in to work out and yep. stuff. But actually, before I would be like, yeah, I'm starting a church. People are like, oh, are you with Joel? Yeah, and I was like, I got to meet Joel. You yeah, know, right, I, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even. Yeah. Uh, no, you guys were, but, but then actually even the pre-launch I would come to yeah. well, at that time was yeah, the Albany yeah. church. You, uh, you parachuted in, right? Yeah, dude. Didn't, I didn't, didn't know anybody, you know, and, but met a ton of people yeah, at, right. at, at that front desk and, and, um, you know, just try to get involved in yeah. the community as much as I could. So anyway, yeah, we did that. And then, uh, my wife, Shaylin and I have three kids, mm-hmm. uh, Ella, who's 13. Wow. And 13, then, geez. uh, 10, uh, year old son Hudson and a six year old son Miles, and they're both on the autism spectrum. Okay, yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, that's a little bit about our family. And yeah, yep. you just uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I've told other people this. Uh, so I didn't parachute in, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm from Worthington, and then you know worked over here, and then started a church, and you know, church planting. It's such a like a complicated thing. I mean, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I had like a, a great network of people and the way this church started and a lot of people knew about it. And so there was great, like follow fellowship, like right away, which was cool and great, but like you parachuted in and I've told people like, I've never seen anyone do it as well as you, because you, you like genuinely you're, are, you any, or you're a woo, aren't you? I mean, you, you win people over, like you just, you have this like community. I'm going to get involved. I mean, everybody knew you. I mean, you, you were the perfect guy to come in and just like start something from nothing, which is like, I mean, I don't know what the stats are, but most churches starts don't work. I mean, I've, I've been around a lot of them. And they, a lot of them don't work, but you're, you're just, you did it the best I've ever Thank seen. Thank you, dude. Yeah. That, that means a lot yeah, coming you, from you, especially. You, oh, Thank no, man. You. you, you just, people just flock, just magnetic to Greg, just like wanted to be a part of it. And then you guys got that school over there. And so go ahead. What, what, so yeah, tell a little bit, um, about, uh, 
um, just the church plant, like, uh, that process for you a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, you know, um, by the way, I, I think the way you did, it was smarter than the way I did it. It, It's easier. Yeah. I mean, you knew the, knowing people in the community already having a heart for it. So so when I came in, I was like, I wouldn't say easier. I, I would say different. Like, because I came in, I, 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 uh, wanted to get to know the community yeah. before I came in personally. Like you, you, you knew the community. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So I, I wanted to know, like, I didn't know the difference between Worthington and New Albany and yeah. Gahanna and yeah. Columbus. And so mm-hmm. I just want to get in and like become a part of the community. Yeah. So I got I actually worked, uh, three jobs. Um, so my, my wife worked two. Geez. Um, and then, and just tried to like, what were your three jobs? So I worked the front yeah, desk, yeah, the front club. Yeah. I worked at little turtle golf club. What'd you do there? I was a ranger. Okay. Drove and around, make sure everybody doing their thing. Making sure play was moving. Play. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, and, and I would help them with events. So was, like, so, uh, so if they had like a scramble or something. Were you, were you strategic about these types of, I mean, these are smart jobs to I- interface with so people. So the first one, yes. The first one I was like, this is going to be just a high volume of meeting people. And, and I, I, I begged to work the front desk. Yeah. Cause I was like, I want everyone to have to walk past me. Yeah, right? yeah. I just want to meet as many right. people as I can. Exactly. The second one sort of materialized actually because the owner of Little Turtle was coming to the gym. The, and, and, he, and I found out, you know, because I would ask people and they leave, hey, where are you headed? Oh, I'm going to work. Where do you work? And then I'd yep, find yep, out where yep, they worked. Yep. And um, he's like, yeah, Little Turtle. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What do you do there? He's like, I own it. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, cool, I, yeah. and so I was like, can I come hit a bucket of balls sometime? He's like, well, you got to be a member, you know. And then he's like, well, if you come be a ranger, you know, you can play. Yeah, you know, right, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. So that, he, he picked you off. Uh, yeah, I mean, they needed some help yeah, and, yeah. and then I got yeah. to play a little bit, you yeah. know, which was kind of fun. And, um, but there was that and then, and then for the church. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. So that yeah. was the third one. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So Greg, um, well, first of all, I think we, you know, everybody knows around here that your, your wife won Miss Universe. No, she won Miss. Mrs. Mrs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. That's a big, that big difference. That R is very important. Very important to you. <laughs> Mrs world world yes so tell us about that that's cool yeah so all right so my wife before we got married when she was single she did like pageantry and all that so she was actually a a finalist for miss ohio okay okay which is like the you know so the the thing that goes on television so someone that i grew up with uh well grew up i went to church with uh, she she, i married her and her husband Mm -hmm. And then she goes to your church now. She grew up going to the school that used to be there. So they, they went to that church, mm-hmm. uh, to your church. Brittany Martindale? Yeah. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Is that the same thing that she did? Yes. Because she was, yes. I think, Miss Ohio. Yeah. She was, I think she was Miss Teen Ohio. Miss Teen Ohio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so they have these different categories. Yeah, it's like, all, what? All this stuff, yeah. right? So anyway, she did that when she was single. And, then, and she actually, you know, did really well. So she was like... I was like, hey, I don't want to like marry you and mess your life up. Like, if like I'd love to marry you, but like I don't want you know, like when I'm forty and balding and you're going like, why did I marry this dude? I could yeah. have been Miss America or whatever. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so she's like, no, I just want to get married. You know, okay. it's fine. So we get married, and then in 2014, she's like, hey, you know, they have the Mrs. Pageantry. So it's basically the same thing, but for married. For married. Okay, that's yeah. is that the distinction? Then? That's the distinction. Okay. Yeah. So 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 the like the one that Steve Harvey got like the name wrong or whatever. That's <laughs> that's those miss. are single women. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Those are not married women. Okay. Um. And that's the Miss Universe. So there's funny. It's like I never even thought yeah. about the the letters on the front of it. Like yeah. I just thought it meant girls that are in this 
this chapter, but no. that is the thing. No, that's the thing. You're okay. either married or you're not. Okay. Right? So, so then for married women, there was Ohio. So in 2014, she, she's like, hey, I want to do the Mrs. Ohio. So she does it and she wins. Yeah. Goes to Mrs. America. And in between the two, she got pregnant. So she was 18 weeks, 18 weeks pregnant at the Mrs. America pageant. Yeah. Which affects your parts of the parts of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So she was like, certainly like thrilled to have our son and life was great, but she was like, Hey, you know, I always kind of wonder like my, my wife's the kind of person she's competitive, but she, she wants to win, but she doesn't want anyone else to lose. If that makes sense. Like she's that type of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and she's cool to lose as long as she got to do her best. So she's like, you know, I just kind of want to go at my best, you know? And I'm like, do it, you know, go for it again. So, so anyway, this last year she decided to do it. So she kind of went all in. She like uh, got a dietitian, she yep, trained yep. her, like, and it actually did a lot of like self work. Even like you yeah. know, my wife and I a couple years ago. I know your wife's a, a counselor. Yeah, we, we we got a counselor a couple years ago. It was yep. a big, big deal um, that really helped us. And so she'd worked through a lot of things. She was in a really good place. Honestly, the best place I've ever seen her as a human being. So good time to to perfect move time. into that space. Perfect again. time. Yeah. So she goes for it, wins Ohio. Then goes to America in Ve- in Las Vegas, and she wins that. And this was like a month or two months ago. So right, Amer- America was in November. Okay, and then so then you qualify. She qualified for Mrs. World, which is like it's open to the whole world, but it, it's women from like fifty some countries, fifty countries, something yeah. like that. Okay. So the funny thing is, the runner up there was actually you remember the band Creed, of course. So the lead singer. Is that look at this photograph? Look no, at this photo. No, that's who's that? No, that's Nickelback. Nickelback. Oh, sorry. No, no yeah. uh, Creed is. Can you take me? Can high? you take me higher? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So the lead singer, his wife, was the runner-up. He was a row in front of me. Oh my gosh, yeah, Scott Stapp. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 I know, so, I know. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, no, wait, are they like a Christian band? Or uh, no, they weren't a Christian yeah. band. Google them. Creed. I yeah, don't go- remember. Google okay. it. Okay. So anyway. Um, so, so she goes to the world and wow. you know, dude, I, I mean, how do you pick, right? You're at this thing. You've got women all from these all great the world. People. They're awesome people. Like you've got doctors, you got, you know, people are just doing great things. Like they're all beautiful. They're all accomplished. They're all great. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm far from like impartial, right? I'm like, I think she's awesome. Right. You know, but who knows? Sure. So my daughter and I were there, which was kind of cool. That's fun. And so, uh, anyway, she, she went and she, she won, she won you know? man. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, it's funny to say like, I was saying out of the game, like, I'm so proud of her. I am proud of her. I was already proud of her. Yeah, I was right, proud of yeah, her. Right. She never did any of that. Like, right. I'm happy for her. Like, yeah. I'm really happy for her that yeah. she, yeah, you know, she's getting some cool doors open for her yeah. to be able to do some things that she really believes in. Yeah. You know? And actually in between the last time she, she did this and now, um, you know, we have our boys, both of our boys are diagnosed with autism, you know, mm-hmm. which, which has been part of her just like, you know what? I want, I want to help people, you know, yeah. in different areas. So yeah. she, she has kind of more of some things she's really clear. She wants to do and, 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 it, you know, is opening a door for her. So, 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 I'm, I'm she, so, so just what does, what does it mean if you win that? Like, like I know for like some of the other ones, it's like you, you become like a, you know, you travel, you speak, yeah. you, you so for the miss, yeah. for the miss, you're like, you work for them. So you they, work, they yeah. literally relocate. Yeah. You, you're going to LA, yeah. you live there. Yeah. It's a year of like everything they mm-hmm. tell you where to go and what to do for the misses is different. Cause they know you're married, you have kids. So it's like a different, 
Different thing. Different thing. So it's basically what she wants to do. So like, okay. In a, in but do they kind of like fund it? Do they like they, they yeah. help open doors and do all? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, they help with those things, and and then like you can kind of you can kind of choose your own adventure a little bit. Okay. So like in a few weeks, we're gonna be going to South Africa. Wow. Yeah, and she, she's gonna do some stuff there. And wow. Some different. You know, she she's kind of still figuring out exactly what all she wants to do, but she she got asked to go walk at New York Fashion Week. Wow. Yeah. Like that's some, amazing. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. So that's fun. I mean, that's yeah. got to be a little bit like wild for you guys i mean yeah i mean you win that thing and it's like schedules and life and yep that's yeah. a lot yeah so we you know fortunately we have some good help yeah. even like with our kids like yeah you know and but it, it is like a lot. we we really de- we like made a decision up front like we're going to be really flexible yeah and that like if we need to decommit from something yeah we you will. can yeah you know what i mean even like some of the things that she's engaged with she's like hey uh i plan to do this i may have to decommit but yeah. we're, we're kind of just taking it a season at a time. I know like you guys yeah. even here, you organize your church in seasons. Yep. Yep. So we organize our church and our family in the season. same way. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, yeah. she's kind of making commitments that way. And yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, man. Thanks for asking me. No, that's, that's cool. exciting for her. That's, that's a lot. And, and obviously like, I'd like to hear a little bit from you at some point on just what it's like with your boys and, and how that, that challenge, um, at some point, you know, maybe not today, we'll have you back again. We can talk about that. Um, I'm sure that comes with all kinds of interesting, blessings and challenges and, and, and I'm sure, um, uh, Greg, what let, let's just talk about leadership. Okay. Like how do you define leadership and how does leadership, you know, how do you lead your church and in your life? Yeah. So I, I think that's a, that's a great question. How do you define leadership? I think you can define it a lot of ways. I think the one for me that I go to is actually John 10. Okay. So, so you think about Jesus talking about a, the true shepherd. Okay. And yeah. when, when you really look at that, it's actually, it's interesting because John 10, 10 is the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that they may have life to the full. Mm-hmm. And usually we think of the thief being the, the devil, mm-hmm. right? Or, or Satan. Sure. And certainly he is a thief. Um, but Jesus is actually in that text, he's talking about bad leaders. He's actually talking about the Pharisees. Pharisees, right? like, yeah. Because he yeah. went through this Bad whole, shepherds. Yeah. He's like, hey, like the shepherd comes through the gate. And the robbers and the thieves like come over the wall mm. and, you know, it, again, even like just a little study on it's good how that worked in yeah. that day, right? If you were a thief, yeah. you would hop the wall and you would scare the sheep to get them to run out of the gate and drive them some other place, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, shepherds, when Jesus says, I am the gate, the way that it made all kinds of sense to them because the way that a shepherd would design the wall would be with a, a gate the size of him. So he would lay across the gate. And if a wolf stepped on him, he's fighting the wolf mm. and kept, kept the sheep safe, you mm. know? So he's essentially saying, I lay, I lay down I my lay life. myself down. And then he says, my sheep know my voice because a leader, okay, is out front mm. and they follow his voice. In fact, um, thieves, sheep thieves would dress up like a shepherd, try to scare the sheep to drive them mm. because they couldn't get him to follow their voice. And a shepherd, when he would show up to retrieve his sheep, even if he couldn't physically overpower the other Robert, yeah. he would just use his voice, voice and they would turn and follow him. Mm. So I think the, the idea of a shepherd, all right, Jesus talking, because within that, he's not only talking about salvation, he's talking about leadership. Yeah, He's saying, hey, if, if you're using fear tactics, if you're coming over the, you know, manipulating the wall, mm. okay, if God That's hasn't opened this door, mm. okay, this is, you, you're, you're a robber and a thief. Mm. But the shepherd, again, just a few little elements, he's out front. 
Mm. You know, he he he's out front leading the way. What, what, he, well, yeah, what does it mean? Like, he's you, going so he's going there first. Going like, he's there not first, asking. Yeah. People he's not do. going sheep. Get out there in front of me. He's out in front. He's if there's a ravine. He's in front. He knows, and yeah. he's not asking you to go somewhere he didn't go. He's modeling. Yeah, you know, he's modeling. Great. This is where we go, and and, and I'm going to put my footprints here, so you know where to go and how to, you know, and and again, he's he's putting himself essentially in harm's way with with yeah, wolves, whatever they could come in. And then the other thing he says, interesting in that text, is he says, "The shepherd knows the sheep's name. Mm. Okay, knows calls them by name. Calls them by name. It, which is again within that." You know, shepherds name their sheep. Yeah. Like, like you know, they, they had names for them, and and it's it's kind of interesting because like, when how you do you do that when you have a thousand person you, church? Yeah, that's that, that that's that's what I was gonna say. Like, when you start, like back when I was at the front yeah. desk or whatever, you know everybody's was, name, you know everyone's name, right? And and I think over time, the principle remains the same, but the tactics change, yeah. right? So yeah. you're going essentially for for Joel Kovacs at five fourteen church, like. There's so many, there's so many people. There's no way you can know everyone's name. There's no way you can adequately pastor everyone, but you're going, it's now my job to pastor some people, yeah. but to create infrastructure and to raise up yeah. pastors yeah. to make sure that we have uh, the ability within this flock to okay, have everybody's name known, to, to have everyone's name known, to be able to have somebody standing between the, the, the sheep and the wolf, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to be able to get out in front. So I, so I think it, it, it's kind of, it gets a little funky emotionally. Yeah. Cause, cause I remember when I got to the place where I was so overwhelmed cause I couldn't keep up to then have to, you know, the, you know, delegating and telling people no, you know, right. or, or yeah, not knowing right. people's names. Sure. It, it, it kind of gave me an allergic reaction. You know, yeah. I felt like I was not, not doing, doing what job. you think leadership is about. Yeah, I'm a yeah. bad shepherd, you know? Right. But, but it's no, it's a fundamental shift. Like you're going, uh, I, I'm, I have to oversee this infrastructure and I never fully removed myself from shepherding, right? There no. has to be some people in my life who, yeah. who I'm doing that for. Sure. But, but, but then the role shifts. Well, but, you got like, you, you know, if you're a shepherd of, of your, whatever, your 50 sheep and your, your, you know, pin that you've got them in. Well, if you end up being like the grand administrative shepherd of shepherds, mm -hmm. you know, then you've got 10 different, you know, fenced in areas with 500 sheep and now i know all my shepherds mm -hmm. and i know some some of the sheep and i love that how how um in in church leadership how do you get out in front like how does that man how do, how do you do that it you know because again that that can mean a lot of different things so what how does that play out for you getting in front yeah that's a good modeling question. it that's a good question i i, I think it's kind of case by case you kind of mm -hmm. ask that question right so sometimes like like I remember, I remember when you guys were building this, right? And mm -hmm. I remember you were talking about, hey, we're doing some fundraising or whatever. And you're like, before you asked anyone else to give anything, you and your wife, yeah, right, I think right. we're the first people. Sure. Like you guys made your commitment first, you know, and then you're like, by the way, right after us our was staff. our top leaders. All the staff. Our staff, yep. right? So yep. we went first. So we're not coming out here going, hey guys, y'all ought to buy this building. And you, you guys ought to give sacrificially. You're like, and you're like, this is what I'm doing. Sure. Here's what our leaders are doing. Here's what our board is doing. Yep. Here's what, you know, again, yep. to then w once I'm, if I'm part of that flock, so to speak, and we're all part of some kind of flock mm -hmm. that, that you go, wow. Okay. I want to follow that mm -hmm. lead. Like mm -hmm. that's worth following. Yeah. 
so so I, you know again that's that's, that, uh, that's one way it can manifest that's one, that's one way with messages and you know if you're giving applications and you're telling people how to you know do conflict or be financially you know sound and whatever yeah. like you 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 can't you know you lose all moral and ethical authority if you're just Trust. telling people what yeah what to do and not doing it i think another way um for me is on a subject matter uh, being appropriately vulnerable around whether it's my struggle with it or my journey with it. Right. Okay. So like, I think that's part of kind of going before, because like, have you ever been in a room where there was some pretense, there was some posturing yeah, and somebody was humble and honest and vulnerable. And, and you're like, yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? Like at some point you're like, man, I feel the same way. Like, yeah, I, 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 I rem- I've been in a few of these environments, but I remember one, I was like, got to go to this it was like a church planting event with they were like studying church plants that were doing well so yeah. it was like essentially it's like guys from all over the country and it was it was a bunch of sort of alpha males you know we're all there and you're kind of measuring everyone a little right. bit it's just yeah. it shouldn't be weird it happens but, yeah it shouldn't be weird but it kind of was a little bit yeah so everyone's in there and they go around the room hey go around the room and introduce yourself and everyone's like oh we you know we did this yeah we have 500 people in five minutes you know right, oh, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. we had ten thousand in ten in 10 minutes yeah, you know right, it's yeah, just right. like oh yeah. and so i just remember sitting there like and my true feeling was like we we're doing okay but i just felt like we we're behind i'm, I'm like mm. dude my inbox is so full mm. i am so far behind like we had just had some success and some failure like bunch of people accepted Jesus. No one came to the new believer class. You know, and and yeah. so I'm in this room and like, it gets around to me and I just decided to be honest. I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I'm doing, I don't know if we're doing that well or not. Like I can tell you what our numbers are, but I don't even know those well enough. Yeah, like to know, and, and I'm kind of scared to give you a number. Cause I feel like the next week it'll be half of that. So, and I kind of just, for whatever mm. reason, I think I just decided to do that. And it was like, the air came out of the room yeah. and people were like, yeah, me too. You know? And so I think in a sense, like as a leader, what is going before it might be saying, Hey dude, I have a counselor because I'm struggling with this issue or that I'm trying to work my way through my pain. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what, whatever the, the, the honest vulnerability, not weird, not manipulative, not feeling sorry for yourself, but being truthful yeah. about your journey, then I think causes people to go, me too. Well, like being first doesn't mean being perfect. Being primary doesn't mean having it all figured out, but it does mean that you're, I love, I think the, the picture you're in front. So in that example, you were in front in terms of I'm leading vulnerability. Like, yeah. you know, having it all figured out isn't leadership. It's leadership is figuring it out. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, Dude, you, you're going to step into the space. Like if you're the, if you are the shepherd and you're like, we're going to, I think we should go this way. Let's go. I'm going first. You may come back and be like, well, I just got like my arm ripped by a wolf and like I tripped and hurt my ankle. And I don't know if we can, this sucks. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do this, but still, okay. That's the leader. That's where this is right now. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you. And then I'm going to ask you to meet me in that type of journey. Yeah. I love I love the picture. So, so funny memory. You, you may or may not remember this. Oh no! But, but but at one point, you and I we went to a restaurant together, and I remember you you saying like you were like, "Hey man, you're like I remember it's, this. It's been a crazy time. You're like I, I you're like I started seeing a counselor. You're like mm-hmm. we grew like really oh, yeah. fast. You're like we grew really fast and whatever. And 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 um 
and dude, I'm trying trying to keep my head above water and I've been stressed out. You're like, and, and I went and, and you're, and you're basically like, Hey, I know like we both are passionate in the city, but let's be friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, let's be friends. And, and like, if you ever need somebody to talk to or whatever, but I remember you saying that you had seen a counselor and I remember thinking, and how, like, how long have, have you seen a counselor? Do you remember like, like when, how long ago that was? So, so I think I remember now, I remember this story. So it was, it was like in 2013 where I, I started to go see a counselor to unpack basically like mom abandonment issues. And I, and I went and I was like, I remember having a conversation with you. Yeah. Cause uh, y- you were in that place of like, you, your head was down. Yeah. And like, you just weren't. Uh, you, yeah. And I, and I was like, dude, I kind of, I think what I was trying to do is be like, dude, you should get a counselor. Well, yeah. And, and the did funny I thing say is, that? Well, well, no, I, I mean, you were or basically I was saying you, you're, I you're, did. you're like, Hey man, let's, let's like, you but know, you, let's be friends just to be fair. So we were recording. Like I, I, I don't remember thinking there was something wrong with you. Yeah. I think I was trying to say like, this is if helping you, if you're me. struggling. It's okay. Yeah. 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 And, and, but what's crazy is dude, I remember you saying you had a counselor and I remember thinking, I've never heard a pastor say that. Oh really? Wow. I had never heard that. I'd never heard a pastor go, I have a counselor. And so like that, that to me is probably the most profound memory of that conversation mm. other than you basically saying, I think we ought to be friends. Yeah. And, and, and yet in a sense that was you going before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I hadn't really ever thought about getting counselor at the moment. I probably needed one more than I knew, but I probably didn't think that was an option. And then years later, I really knew I needed one and then I got one. Mm. But, but all that to say, like, what does going before look like? Yeah. It's you saying something that's true and honest and vulnerable to whoever, you know, you're yeah. leading yeah. in a way that they might go, oh, I guess I'm allowed to think that. Maybe it's a doubt you have. Yeah, sure. Right? Like I was preaching about doubt not too long ago. I was like, you know, I think doubt gets a little bit of a bad rap because James says, if you doubt you're double-minded and wishy-washy and like waves and you yeah. shouldn't expect anything from God. And that's, I get it, mm-hmm. but James wrote that 40 years after the resurrection yeah. and James during the crucifixion was hiding. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so it's like, he, how, he learned some stuff. How do you not doubt? Well, yeah. 40 years of God's faithfulness, 40 mm. years of taking your doubt to God yeah. is how you eventually get there. But so to go, Hey, this is something I'm wrestling with. Like, you know, again, I, I did a message on prayer and I'm like, I've really wrestled because I prayed for my sons to be healed and they haven't been. So I, I got to figure out mm. what, you know, to even sit in that tension in front of our church, mm. I think allows someone to sit in their own tension. It's going yeah. before yeah, a little modeling bit. that on the doubt one. I was just listening to yesterday, uh, doubting Thomas and how, you know, obviously his doubt was real. He needed to touch Jesus in order to believe that it was the risen Lord. And then, uh, this theologian was like, and then after he, he, he moves into his doubt, so what he was saying is that he was leading with doubt mm-hmm. because after he touches him, he, he falls on the ground and of all the evangelists, of all the disciples, he gives the most precise description of Jesus after the resurrection, my, my Lord, Lord and, and my God. God. And it's like, so what, you know, leading with doubt can get you, you know, these, these answers, these, well, but, but if you're afraid to be like, I mean, I like it that he was honest. It's a great picture. He's it, like, I don't believe this. And it's not linear. It's it, so for example, like e- even after that, Matthew 28, 19 is like, you know, going mm-hmm. all the world. Right. Well, verse 16, 17, it says they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Yeah. Speaking of the disciples. So, so you're going, it's not, 
I can't just read James, tell me not to doubt and go, cool, I'm not going to do that. Right. Because then I'm going to stuff it down. Yeah. I got to, I got to bring that to the surface and actually bring it and wrestle with it with my heavenly father. And, but again, as a pastor, instead of me feeling like I got to be the answer, man, if yeah. I can introduce tension yeah. and be honest about it, it's, it, it's part of shepherding. It's yeah. part of going before that allows someone then to go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to live in denial or mm -hmm. cognitive dissonance yeah. and pretend like doesn't exist. I don't have yeah. this. I'm going to trust God enough to bring it up to him. Like what you said about Thomas yeah. to actually end up wrestling to a better place. Better place. How do you, so we're, we're, there's like the pastoral leadership stuff. And then there's like the personal, like self leading stuff, just kind of a mix between the two. How do you manage the transparency amount, like, you know, being vulnerable. Cause it's like, yeah. I, you know, it's like, I, I believe in vulnerability. Like I think, you know, leading that way, you know, um, I, the way that you're framing it with John is brilliant. I'm stealing that too. Like the picture of the shepherd and, and, and those things, how do you manage the difference between vulnerability and, and excessive transparency? Cause you can't say everything you're thinking, feeling, yeah. going through. I don't think you want to work work it out on the stage, right? So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. that's where you should initiate those yeah. thoughts. Yeah. So I think like whatever it is, you need to have worked through it a bit mm -hmm. before you get up there. So you're not just like uh, bleeding all over everyone, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's one thing to show a scar. It's yeah. another thing to hemorrhage on folks. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. so, so I think like if I had something, I, I would... Um, you know, talk to my wife about it, yeah. talk to a counselor about yeah, it, talk yeah. to some other people. Yeah. I'll, I'll present my message to people before I preach it to yeah, the church yeah. every week anyway. So, and then so you're think, not, you're not, you're not necessarily when you're, when you're helping lead, you're not maybe giving every gory detail, yeah. but you're, 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 you're going, this has been a struggle. Correct. And you let people fill in the blanks. I mean, they, they understand. Yeah. And I guess, struggle. I guess also internally I'm going, is this about making me, me feel better yeah. or is this me actually like you could easily supplant me from the metaphor, from the story and put yourself in there. Yeah. Is, is this transferable to whatever their pain is? Yeah. Like my boys have autism. Not everyone's does, but if I'm talking about that, is that just me? Like, and I'm bummed about my situation or is it me going, Hey, easily you can take my sons out of this and put your kids in, or you can put your, your pain or your, yeah. and, and what I'm teaching you through it is actually going to help you and whatever it is you're walking. Okay. Through. So let's go there. I mean, leadership, self-leadership, that challenge specifically, like how, how have you managed that? Like what, what tell us about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I could really talk, I could go forever on it. I'm sure. I, I, I think to me, man, it, it is, it has forced me to wrestle with things. I probably, that would have stayed in my peripheral. It brought to the, to my focus. Yeah. And at the same time, I've been going, go, you know, going through those things, you know, walking through that as a dad, I've really tried to fight for self-awareness around just even how I'm wired. Yeah. So right. like, I'm kind of a nut for like personality tests and whether it's the disc or the Enneagram. So what are you on the Enneagram? I'm an eight wing. You're an eight? I'm an eight wing seven. Oh my gosh. I think I was born a seven wing eight and life made me an eight wing seven. Okay. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> but I'm a DI on the disc. When okay. I, when, when I tested pre-church plan, I was an ID. Okay. And then I shifted to a DI. That's so. What is? I don't. I, I'm not, influencer. Influencer. D's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Decisive yeah, yeah, driver. Yeah. Okay, driver. You know okay, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I like that fun and and uh, but Seven. but I like to get stuff done. Yeah. You know, I, I I've got ideas and I can, whatever. Are you are you confrontational? Yeah. That, that's a bad way to yeah. put it. Yeah. I, I so if if I if I have a problem, 
you deal with it. It's way harder for me to not deal with it. So I'm, I'm more likely to go knock on your door tonight yeah. than, than I am. Like, it's hard for me to sleep. And yeah. I, I want to just have the conflict. And you I'm just not, have it, yeah. I, I don't enjoy it. Like, of course, right. You know You're what I mean? But, like, but, but I'm like, I actually have a certain appreciation for it because I've seen how productive it yeah. is. You know, that's funny because I want to hear about your, your kids and stuff. But like, so I'm a seven wing eight. Okay. And so the seven is like, you know, the life of the party, yeah. you know, run from pain. Mm-hmm. So I have like conflict is like really a, a conflict for me. Like it is like, I have it, mm-hmm. but it is like, because I'm a seven, mm-hmm. it's like run from conflict, yeah. run from pain, eight, deal with it. I live in that tension between wanting only good, positive, enthusiastic feelings and the burden of the eight where you know this has to happen. Yeah. So, well, by the way, oh. for, and I get it, and and you don't need me to be your counselor. You have a wife who is yeah, one. Yeah, no, yeah, I have, yeah, I have but, one. But I think I think what happens with that, with no, that, tell me, yeah. with, with that combo is, okay, as a seven, you hate it so much. So, in so order- hold on, because we're digging into this. A seven, for people that don't know the Enneagram, is I think they're called the enthusiast. Yeah. So it's adventure, like, adventure, like fun, life fun. of the party. Like. And really the, 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 the mask of the Enneagram is like, you're, you're kind of facading pain with the fun. Like, so I grew up believing like, I got to make this better. Cause I yeah. grew up in this like big divorce debacle thing and I got to make everybody laugh and I want everyone to feel good. But then the eight is, is the challenger. challenger. Yeah. So control, fight, in charge. push, in hail, charge. Hail to the chief. Hail to the chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And just get it done. Yes. Like a doer, the amount of energy that they have. So go ahead. So, and, so, and it, at their, so the way, the way that, um, the, the way that I describe the Enneagram eight is, and this would be my personality. If I'm on a bus yeah. and, uh, someone who gets on the bus, a veteran or a person who has a handicap or an elderly person, I will give up my seat gladly. I will be the first one to jump right. up and go, please take my seat. Right. But if you try to take, take my, my seat, seat. <laughs> you it's better bring about better, five people because you like you'll have to remove me bodily. Yeah, right. I'm not going. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. So, so that okay, that's kind of the eight. The boy, right? Yeah. So go ahead and yeah, yeah. So I think what uh, with the seven eight combination, at least in my experience, and and I kind of again, like I said, I you think see, I'm naturally, I think I'm naturally like you. I think life kind of maybe the other way. Okay. But but I think what happens is the seven because they hate conflict so much when they have to have it, they shift into eight. Mm-hmm. just to preserve self. Like yeah. I, I got to power through this. So, yeah. so then you go sort of challenger, like, and kind of Hulk up a little bit yeah. to, to like, cause I dude, I got to put on some armor and get through this, Yeah, which I think in that eight energy, you have a tendency, I have a tendency to mishandle the conflict cause I come on too strong. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like intense. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I think actually the irony is the, it's the, it's actually the other way yeah. to, to like go as much as I feel like I'm armoring myself to power up, to go into this conflict, I need to be a little more vulnerable in this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I might yes. overwhelm this person. Yes. I might like hurt this relationship. Yeah. So actually I have to stay a little softer. Soft. Yeah. yeah. True. And, and within and those- It's hard like, to do because we, I have to, 
I feel I have to kind of put on my armor in order to go there. Yeah. So it just, it brings that type of intensity to yeah. it, but you're exactly right. Or to right. find the energy, Yeah. right? You get that eight yes. energy, you're like, all right, I got there. I'm going I right now. Go. I'm going to go deal with this right if now. If I'm going to do this, it's going to be hard. And yeah. I'm, I'm just going to give it my all and then it's going to be overdone. So yeah. with, with, with actually the way that a lot of that relates to my boy's autism is I would just sort of interrogate my feelings because mm. I would have these really negative feelings, these really, this bad energy. And I was like, man, what am I feeling? And I might even feel bad toward my sons or whatever. And it wasn't that, it wasn't that I am not crazy in love with them. Like they're amazing boys. Like I love them so much, but what I, I was actually angry at autism because I'm like, mm. you've taken away from me. Mm. Um, like I, I can't take my boys to the Duke Ohio state game. Like mm. I just can't like it, it, overstimulating <laughs> too much. Yeah. Like it, like it, they would run out on the court. You're like, mm. uh, like, and they wouldn't even know what's going on. Like mm. they have no value for the Buckeyes at all. Like mm. they have no value mm. for the traditional ways that fathers and sons tend to bond and the way I bonded with my dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that's gone. Um, and, and like you have to grieve that. You have to literally grieve it. Like, like it's like, it's a certain kind of death. Mm. So you can accept, you know, them what as they got, are. What you've got going. But, but then even like certain things where like my sons will melt down in public or um, the, basically the, the, there's complications that come with their autism that it, it's not like it made me um, not love them or appreciate them or whatever, but it, it made me feel controlled. Yeah. Like, like, like we can't go to a restaurant. Like trapped. Like I didn't want this. Yeah. We can't go to a restaurant. Yeah. Like tomorrow's my wife's birthday. Mm -hmm. We will bat down the hatches and stay like, because to, at this point in our lives to go do these things is so much, so much work. Extra it's so effort, yeah. difficult. Mm. And, and so I, what am I feeling? I'm feeling controlled. So it, it actually helped me name my feelings mm. to be able to put a name on it and to, and to define it. So that I knew what I felt. You, Otherwise you, I would you just have feel gone bad. to counseling. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Otherwise you just feel bad about feeling bad, which what, is kind of pointless. What was the, what was the catalyst for going to counseling? Was it this? The catalyst was, um, was, was realizing that I can't do this by myself. Yeah. Well, so one of the lies, right. What, whether you're an addict or you're out of control in some way is like, you start by thinking you can figure it out yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I can figure out this porn addiction. Mm -hmm. I can figure out this alcohol. I'm not, I mean, I can stop whenever I want. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and it's like, mm -hmm. well, how many times do you fail at that before right. you go, okay, I need, I need help. help. I need some accountability. I need right. somebody else. So I was like trying to get myself out of a funk a little bit emotionally, mm, yeah. trying to get to like good energy. Yeah. And I started like just realizing I, I, I don't have it in my bag to figure this out myself. Mm. I need somebody else to be able to talk to. And then also really trying to be careful that I didn't uh, involve my wife too much. Not that I would ever want to withhold from her, but yeah. like she's not a counselor yeah, so right. it's like for me to just go and like dump all of this now right. she's got her own stuff and now right. i'm putting mine on yeah and i want her to figure me out right, right. it's like man I, you know what people get paid for this yeah, you know so right. i'm gonna go that's give good. them a little money that's good yeah that's really good so talk a little bit uh, more just about the process of what you went through with your boys and kind of where you are now and yeah so um when our first son was diagnosed i actually felt at first I was like, well, at least we know what we're dealing with. So I, I kind of sprung into action and my yeah. wife kind of just hit the valley of despair. Yeah. Right. Then with right. our second son, we found out he was, we, we flip flopped. So like, I was like, cause I felt like I had mourned and now I was like resurrected again. And mm. now I got to mourn again. Mm. 
So and uh, she was like, I mourned, and now I'm ready to take it on. Yeah, now she's like, I think I know what I'm doing now. Yeah, you know. So it was like Mm. we we kind of you know had that had that process, you know. But really, um, my 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 prayer with my boys has been God, you know, don't waste any of this. Like you you use them. Yeah, use me and and really trying to go like through through the process as I see things differently and the Lord shows me things yeah. through their story to share those generously without making every message about that. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of the dance. And even within our own family, like my, my daughter is ambitious kid, you know, yeah. she's got a lot of dreams and, and it's cool to see how God has used that to create an empathy in her and a yeah. part of her development. But also don't, I don't want her whole life to just be about, you know what I mean? yeah about the brothers just about the brothers right i I want her to be able to have some Mm -hmm. more normalcy than that so we you know we're 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 always kind of wrestling you know with that so um without getting into it too much like basically that story that you're telling my wife lived this story in a sense where she and i don't want to tell her whole story but she had a multi-handicapped brother and so some of the dynamics of like a lot of it being about him and you know that 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 world was something for her and that that's for her story and stuff and she has a great family and a great relationship with everybody um but uh for some insight and inspiration on what you just talked about go watch the movie coda Hmm. so it's nominated for best picture and it's about a girl who is in a family and they're all deaf and she's the only one that can hear Hmm. and it's about the process of the family learning coda yeah uh is it appropriate appropriate to watch with my daughter yeah oh what does that mean uh coda what uh of deaf uh what the heck does it stand for it's like it's like a it's like a term coda is like a you're a this of deaf deaf i'm i should google it kevin if you can hear me right now google what coda stands for and text it to me um, but, uh, anyway, it, it is, it is remarkable. Mm. Like the, the journey that they go on and her learning what it's like to be in a family like that and to make sure that she still has her own space. And oh, dude, it will give you life. Um, uh, so leadership, that's a big one, man. Like when you talk about being, having personal things and getting to the point of being vulnerable and taking yourself to a counselor. So, you know, the counseling thing for me, both my wife and I needed it, you know, personally. And, and it, it, for her, it was like life saving, you know. Um, but then uh, going to it, I, I used to teach and still do it with marriage counseling. It's like it, the Bible says without, without uh, counseling, uh, plans fail. Hmm. With many counselors, plans succeed. Hmm. And so it's like, do you plan on having a great marriage? Do you plan on having a, being a great dad? Do you plan on like anything that we plan on, you know, like really what a board is, is like a counselor, Mm -hmm. you know, they're there to like oversee and look and see and help and make sure that you get wise counsel. But for some reason there's this stigma with counseling. So that's, that, that's, I think for, you know, if people hear this and they're like, okay, I need to go get counseling. I'm going to, I'm going to Google what that is called. But anything else on uh, on uh, leadership stuff, Greg? Because we we like I'm almost gone two hours, which is crazy. Yeah. What other stuff do you have? Yeah, on? Yeah. So I think you know you mentioned self leadership, right? I've got a little thing that we use internally, but it's 
you know, being self-aware without being self-absorbed. What, 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 Child of deaf adult. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, uh, go um, with that. Yeah. So being self-aware, self-aware without being self-absorbed. That's and, good. What and, is and that? Yeah. So, so to go like, to understand yourself, to, to be curious about yourself and to go inside enough to understand yourself well enough to where you can be self-aware without being just completely consumed with yourself. Consumed it's all self. about you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, again, w- within this journey, because of the, my most intense emotions I've had in my life have come be as a result of my sons, mm. like with this autism thing. It's, it's hit me in a way nothing else ever has. Yeah. So because of that, it's given me a, a forum to explore and to learn. Mm. So like just all kinds of discoveries, like, yeah. like honestly, like I, I had this thing where I was in a group and I kind of went off. I, I, I went off in this environment. I kind of embarrassed myself, mm. you know, and I, I got to the end of my, and my, I felt very justified mm-hmm. in, in all everything I said. Right. If I told you the whole story, like things I said weren't wrong, we're wrong. But yeah. my whole attitude was just bad. Yeah. So my my wife uh, at the end was like, "Dude, you know, wow, like you came in a little hot, mm-hmm. you know." And, and and I was like, "You know, that's a problem with this generation." Yeah. You know, I just was in a funky, you know, yeah, headspace. Yeah. So um, I talked to the counselor about it, you know, because I was sort of locked into like how right I was. Mm-hmm. And so he, he kind of talks me through it. And the more I externally processed it, I realized I'm like, yeah, I'm not in a good space. So he asked me a question. He's like, what is your first indication that you're in a bad headspace? Like mm. what is, what is the earliest warning sign? Yeah. And it hit me as we wrestled with it. It's the desire to be mean. Mm. It's not even that I've been mean yet. Like I haven't even gone off yet. But something hits you and you, you want to be mean when mad I, take it out yeah like when i am in a good headspace when my my emotions are like like I, i'm healthy emotionally healthy physically healthy spiritually healthy relationally you know heart soul mind strength neighbors all yeah, like yeah. you know what i mean yeah i don't want to be mean at all dude mm-hmm. i only want to help people right i want to love people i want to be yeah you, you see what i'm saying i want to yeah. i want to go against the bully like yeah. i don't like mean comedians i, I don't want to see mean stuff right yeah you you, you bristle at that i bristle typically. at that i'm like yeah. come on dude when I am in a bad headspace, okay, I I actually vicariously live through mm. mean people. Like like I hear a mean comedian, I'm like, yeah, wow. get him, dude. Right. That's hilarious. Right. I find myself being very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. I was actually doing some. I've been working on this writing project. I was working on it, and I was in a bad headspace, and I knew because my humor was all really sarcastic. Yeah. Kind of funny. What it means when you're that sarcastic. way. Sarcastic. Yeah. And I'm like. Why do I want to be like this? And it's, and again, what it is, is essentially my gas tank is telling me I'm somewhere. Mm. You know what I mean? Like going, Hey, that isn't very good. Mm. You know, like, so again, I would have never had a lot of these discoveries if not for the intense emotions that came through, you know, me dealing with the fact that as a dad, who's hardwired to provide and protect like that, that is just, that's given by God to a, to a dad mm-hmm. to want to provide and protect. And the fact that I can't provide a solution, yeah. I can't protect my voice from something that is affecting their quality of life. The intense feelings of that caused me to learn a whole bunch mm. that then again, taught me about leadership. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. I, now if I get into it, you know, a problem that's undefined is undefeated. Once I can define it, now I can actually go, what am I fighting? Yeah okay, I'm fighting this. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to rest. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how to recoup. I don't know what to do with my bad emotions. I, I don't like being sad. Mm. So, but, but then what happens when you are sad? Yeah. How do I, you know, do, what how do, you do I avoid that? it? 
is it getting worse or getting mm -hmm. like all of that kind yeah, of stuff yes honestly came as a result of all of that that's wow well what i love man is when is you you doing what you talked about and what what i'm impressed with with, with you is your ability to metabolize all this stuff and then like actually use it to help and teach. And you did lead the way you did go first. I mean, dude, you sound like a different guy, you know, from that conversation that we had. I mean, you really do like, and you've like, but you, you did what a lot of people won't do. They won't put, they won't go and get help. They won't work through it. And now you've worked through it. You're using it to help other people. I'm sure it's brought a whole other level of, awareness and sensitivity and direction and shepherding to where you're probably a way better pastor. Um, I was the funny story I had this Sunday at our church. Uh, I was out in the hallway after a message and there's like a lady and, and her husband, older, older lady, real sweet. And I known her from years back and she went to a, a church, uh, not too far from here. And, uh, she said, I, she said, I, uh, you know, I just, we wanted to visit. She said, when the pandemic hit, I, I, I listened to my pastor and then I listened to Greg Ford and you, you know, and she was like, I listened to all, to you three all the time. And she was like, Greg is awesome. Oh. And, you know, it was, it was cool. And I was like, that's kind of neat, you know, mm -hmm. like that, uh, that people you're known here, man, people want to know you. I tell people all the time about you. I always say that you have, a, you guys have a better name than us. I, I think I joked with you about that. It's like in the, in, in, you know, numbers, you know, if you have a 514 is good. One church, it's like, it's not even easy. Like I remember, I remember it's not even hard to know who, who's better. I remember when you came in and you had that name and I was like, that is such a good name for a church. I mean, Ephesians, the whole thing. Like, it's just like, that's the whole, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And, uh, dude, you are a good shepherd, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate so, that. Um, thanks for sharing. Thanks for all this stuff. Likewise, man. Yeah. I mean, just, I learned a ton and, um, we're definitely have to have you back again. Let's do and, it. um, thanks everybody for tuning into this, uh, episode of the rest and we'll talk to you later. Bye.